it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the great benefits that comes with a VIP membership is access to our unmatched library of Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. In the late 1980s and 1990s, before the internet, pro wrestling was documented in print Newsletters contemporaneously packing a week's worth of news and results and Q&A interviews with some of Pro Wrestling's biggest newsmakers in the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch weekly newsletter. When you become a VIP member, you instantly gain access on our PW Torch VIP website to a year-by-year listing of all 50-plus back issues from every year dating back to the late 1980s through today. And every week we update the format of our 20 years ago back issues with PDF and all text format that makes it easier to read on your phone or your tablet. And the latest 20 years ago back issue postings have been a fascinating time in the pro wrestling industry. Going back to the April 1st, 2000 issue, the cover story headline, Bischoff and Russo given a second chance. The opening line of the cover story, WCW needed a big shakeup because status quo was leading them downhill fast. Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo, two contributors to the problems WCW is having, have been brought back as a team to save WCW. And there's an in-depth cover story on that along with a lot of other news in that issue, including a feature column by Bruce Mitchell. And my preview of WrestleMania. And then we marched through April. The next headline was WrestleMania 2000. Triple H retains the title. The next week, the cover story is on the relaunch of Nitro after WCW took a week off. Plus, a cover sidebar reports on ECW champion Mike Awesome's attempt to jump to WCW without dropping the ECW title first. And part one of my Torch Talk interview with Lance Storm. And then the uh, April 22nd issue opens with a cover story on Nitro's crashing ratings after just two weeks of Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff in charge. Plus, a feature editorial that I wrote regarding Russo's booking style and my EndNotes editorial on the Russo-Hogan dynamic, plus coverage of WCW Spring Stampede and more. So when you go VIP, you get access to dive in-depth on those 20th anniversary issues, or any era you want to read about, whether it's the mid-90s or just three, four, five years ago. So go VIP. Full details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. I know a lot of you are diving into WWE Network archives and watching old content on different streaming services. Well, there's no better companion when you do that than reading 
our coverage in the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter dating back to the late 1980s. Bring up our match report, our star ratings, our news coverage of that era, or just settle in and read fascinating interviews with some of Pro Wrestling's biggest names and their longest form interviews talking about the inner workings of the wrestling industry. Before there were podcasts with wrestlers hosting and talking about such things, the, the Torch Talk series was the only place you could go for long-form interviews with Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. In times like these, in times like these, I think you'll get more out of a PWTorch VIP membership than ever. So check it out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for this week's interview classic, where Wade Keller interviews one of pro wrestling's newsmakers. Five years ago this week, I interviewed WWE ex-creative team member John Piermarini, who spent time working alongside WWE's top writers, top wrestlers, and Vince McMahon himself. And he came on to discuss current events in professional wrestling, his take on a variety of topics for two hours with insight into what it's like behind the scenes with various anecdotes from his time in WWE. In this interview, he talks about payback that took place earlier in the week, his thoughts on Rusev, his thoughts on Billy Corgan and uh, his his creative role in TNA at that point. Also, CM Punk's UFC status. He's definitely got an opinion on that. And uh, how WWE could create their own Ronda Rousey. Little did he know, they'd just get Ronda herself. And could a John Jones-type character work in pro wrestling? All that and more with live calls. John Piermarini. This is the May 14th, 2015 edition of Interview Thursday, PW Torch Livecast. So enjoy. This is PW Torch Livecast, and I am Wade Keller, the host of the show, and also editor, founder, publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch weekly newsletter since 1987. It is Thursday, May 14th, 2015, and I thank you for joining me today here on Interview Thursday on the PW Torch Livecast. Uh, just a programming note that yesterday was uh, Pat McNeil hosting the show, and he had Bill Barron's an indie promoter and wrestler agent representing many stars on the indie scene and international front. He uh, joined Pat McNeil again for yesterday's PW Torch live cast. So check that out. Tuesday, I was joined 
by Jason Powell of the ProWrestling.net website. We broke down Raw and talked about a number of other topics. On Monday, James Caldwell hosted the Raw postgame show. It's our new schedule. And on the Raw postgame show, we, uh, uh, we take your calls. Uh, about at uh, 11.30 Eastern, about 20, 25 minutes after Raw ends. That's when our show goes live. So check that out every Monday night with our new schedule. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we start at 5.30 Eastern live. And Fridays, tomorrow, Bruce Mitchell, 24 years, Torch Senior Columnist, joined by Travis Bryant of the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast, available at eastcoastcast.com. They, uh, they are hosting tomorrow... And should be reunited after Bruce had Brad Stutz on as a co-host last week when Travis was off. And they will be hosting on Friday at 7 Eastern as the start time, taking your phone calls. As always, you can email questions or topics for any of us to answer on the show. If it's show-specific and host-specific, please put that in the subject line. The email address is pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Today, we welcome back to the program ex-WWE creative team member back in 2009-2010, John Piermarini. John, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Welcome back to the program. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Good to have you back. Uh, This is going to be just an incredibly busy weekend and a very busy uh, month or two in professional wrestling with a lot of uh, pay-per-views. Uh, John, WWE has their pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, Payback, and they've got uh, John Cena and Rusev in an I Quit match, and then the four-way title match, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns reunited in a pay-per-view main event, along with uh, wild card entry, Randy Orton. Um, I want to focus on that world title match first with you. The way things have gone since WrestleMania... The raw ratings down 2.6 and change two out of the last three weeks under 2.6 last week. Uh, the way that WWE operates, the way Vince McMahon operates, there's a certain threshold beneath which he's willing to throw out some ways of doing things and try new things. We saw that mm-hmm. during the Stone Cold Steve Austin emergence in the Attitude Era. Um, heck, we saw it when Raw was getting its butt kicked in the ratings by Nitro, and he actually brought in luchadors to wrestle random matches because he thought. That might be one of the reasons uh, Raw was losing to Nitro is the use of Rey Mysterio and Juventude. Um, how low do you think the ratings have to get before Vince shakes up the, the rather somewhat staid and predictable format of the way he does things? And I'm not saying there aren't 4 million people enjoying it. There are, or at least most of them, hopefully, if they're watching the show, but not as many as there used to be. And those Raw ratings are a concern. Well, how low does a rating have to get before you think Vince shake th- shakes things up? It sounds like it should be there now. Uh, There were times when he wanted to shake things up when I was there. I think we were pulling in. Man, I want to say, you uh, you probably couldn't check this right now, but I want to say like a 2.9 because I think we were consistently above three, and he was getting pretty worried, and and we would have uh, meetings, you know, what can we do to change course or to spice things up? Uh, What's the new direction? Um, Although... Even when we threw things out, he wasn't always um, eager to try them all. Uh, yeah. So I think that maybe, um, you know, I think it's a little bit different in like the Russo case where 
Um, maybe he threw his hands up and just kind of said, you know, this sounds right. And the people that, you know, sit at the table with me uh, agree that we should try this, you know, what turned into the attitude era. Um, I'm just, I'm just wondering if when people are throwing those ideas now, which I'm sure is happening and has happened over the last couple of years, um, I think it just kind of depends on what the people sitting next to them or if they're nodding, you know, yes or no to it. Uh, I think that Vince um, leans a lot on certain people. I don't know who that is right now. I don't know if it's Triple H. I don't know if it's still Kevin Dunn. I know Pat Patterson isn't there as much as he used to be, but he used to be a guy. Um, you know, I, I think it kind of really comes down to what that number two guy is thinking. And my guess is it might be Triple H. Uh, if not, it's Kevin Dunn. And if they're not buying into what somebody else at that table is selling, I think they might just say, listen, we're doing good. We're on track. We've got these new guys coming up. They're getting a good reaction. Let's just kind of see where this takes us. Or they might be going into, and we might have even seen it start with Seth, Seth Rollins, um, they might be going into, I don't have like a term for it, but, you know, kind of going into that um, popular internet uh, type of wrestling with bringing in these, um, gosh, so different these days with like terms. I don't think there is a new term, but it would almost be like, you know, like the underground guys before, uh, but now yeah. I think maybe they're trying to say, hey, maybe we could, maybe we could change things with you know the zanes and the nevels and the and the rollins and if you look they're they are kind of going that route with you know having bret hart kind of give the rub to to um to zane you have neville in competitive matches with all the top guys you got rollins with the title uh a renewed push for for ambrose and at the same time you're still kind of mixing in roman reigns which is what they want so i think it's in effect i think he's just waiting for that idea that he actually believes in. And, and it's going to be tougher now with him being, you know, damn near 70 years old, if not that already, um, to kind of understand what a new concept may be. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. 
On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That, that is the challenge. Um, he does turn 70 on August 24th, so we can circle that date on the calendar because then... Everybody who's called him a 70-year-old man can finally be right. <laughs> he is probably clinging, uh, clinging to his 60s every last day um, until, uh, until he turns 70. Although, like you said, it doesn't matter because he's never going to relinquish control and he's, until the day he dies and he doesn't plan on dying. So, and um, he probably laughed every time someone said how old he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. If you're uh, just joining us a few minutes into the program here, this is the PW Torch Livecast. We're on five days a week and also bonus days, Sundays after major pay-per-views, including this Sunday after payback. We'll be live on the air about a half hour after the pay-per-view ends at 1130 Eastern. James Caldwell with Greg Parks taking your phone calls. We want to hear what you think of the happenings in the previous three hours on WWE Network with Payback. I want to hear from callers today in particular. Who do you think is going to win on Sunday? I think you can make a case for all four. They can make, they could decide, uh, I think, least of all Randy Orton, but you could make a case even for him, especially if it's some sort of transition. You can make a case that they just are thinking Seth Rollins as a heel champion. It's not working. We need to shake things up. Let's go back to plan A. I reg- you know, I could hear Vince McMahon perhaps saying, I should have just put the damn belt on Roman Reigns and not given in to the boos and the second guessers. So let's just get the belt on him on Sunday and go with the program and push him down, push him as hard as we can, get the machine behind him. I could also see him going, we need to shake things up with Dean Ambrose. Um, he's, we got to find somebody to replace Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and he might be the guy who's kind of been floundering um, as uh, just kind of a off to the side in the mid card. Let's give him a boost and let's, let's shake things up. Maybe that'll jar people into watching the program. And I could also see him holding course, John with Seth Rollins to save him for Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Cause Brock is a baby face against Seth. I think has a lot of appeal because I think fans by then are going to want to see Seth Rollins get attacked and beat up and brutalized by Brock Lesnar, just suplexing him all around and taking his title back and watching Paul Heyman cut those promos I invite callers to give your thoughts and your predictions on those four. John, do you, do you have thoughts on what I just said? Anything to disagree with? And who is your pick? 
I would have said that I don't think that there's any doubt in my mind that Rollins walks away from it. But after just hearing what you said, yeah, I can see, um, hmm, I, I can see them going with Orton probably uh, more than you do. I don't think he's going to win. I, I would still say I got Rollins going over. Um, I think that they may want to shake things up um, because of the reaction that Orton has been getting, um, thinking that, all right, well, at least this is a guy who's been there. Uh, they tend to go in, in these situations, and I know that we were just talking about shaking things up, but I think that if they're going to shake things up, they're going to totally shake things up, and I don't think that they're going to start with uh, putting the title on Dean Ambrose. Um, I think that um, if they wanted to, quote-unquote, in Vince's mind, shake things up, I think they'd go with the trusted guy and Randy Orton to go. Uh, my point that I was going to say is, when they get into situations like this, they tend to go safe. When I was there, it was, you know, well, ratings are down and pay-per-view is down. And instead of, you know, going with the idea of everyone kind of saying, hey, here's our guy, maybe we should go with this guy as the next guy, um, it was, let's go Cena Batista again, because while it won't uh, break records, it's, it's safer because maybe we're not, we're not hitting on what we're putting out there. So if we put it on Dean and we're at a 2.5, what if that goes down to a 2.4, 2.3? We'd rather put it on Thornton, who has shown us that he's, can, he can get us back up to that 2.9, that 3, and just go with a safe bet. Although I, I still think they'd probably stay strong with keeping it on Rollins. Um, the, and so that would make Rollins. I said something about him. Orton, uh, Ambrose. I just don't. I don't see it. But with Roman, um, unless I'm missing something because I haven't had my eyes glued to the show, I don't feel like they're uh, positioning him now in a way that would make you believe that. All right, we're resetting. We're going back to our original guy, which is Roman, and we're going to build him. And then here it is. Uh, and I also think that if they wanted to give it to Roman, I think they'd rather give it to him one-on-one. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I can't see them going away from Rollins, but I would actually make the number two pick if they drop the title. Uh, I think it would go to Orton. And then I think that, I mean, I would assume that their plan has to be getting to Lesnar getting a match. I don't know that they would do babyface. Unless they bring back Lesnar as a heel, I don't think they'd be doing babyface Orton versus babyface Brock, who's going to get a huge right. pop coming back. So, gosh, unless they turn Roman, uh, you know, like the authority does a double switch in that match, and they turn against Rollins and go, hey, this, you know, this was the guy we should have went with all along. Um, but I, I, I just think it's going to be Rollins, especially on a payback pay-per-view. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch daily cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We got you. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. And, and my money's on Rollins, too. And, and I, I just, I consider all the options. I talk through them. You talk through them. And a lot of good points you made. I bring up the other options because ratings are down. And yeah. they're, they're staring now at May 31st as the rollover to June 1st for what will likely be pretty close to the grand total that they announce as their quarter two subscriber base because mm-hmm. January, February, March was quarter one, April, May through June 30th is quarter two. May is a free month. They announced on Monday, a WWE network only pay-per-view on May 31st, Sunday, bringing back elimination chamber, promising a world title match, a U.S. title match, two chamber matches, one for the tag team titles, the other for the vacated IC title that Daniel Bryan vacated on Monday due to health issues. So I'm, I'm wondering if they're not going to want to book something Sunday night that they can use as a gigantic hook for a couple weeks later on May 31st, because that's the yeah. last chance for people to sign up for free May 31st. And it's kind of sly of them to do this, John, but you have exactly two hours after the conclusion of Elimination Chamber to cancel your free May subscription before you roll over into June 1st as 30 days as a full paid member. So they want to get people Sunday to sign up for the network for free, roll over because they're not going to think about quitting or they may they just think, well, I'll try it for a month and pay 10 bucks. And then June 30th, when that final tally is is locked in, they can brag about, well, we only lost this many since WrestleMania. So that adds to my thinking, again, this is because they're so short-term thinking about the network compared to a few years ago, John, where it was sort of like, yeah, you know, we know we're going to do X number of buys for a pay-per-view, but let's be smart in the long run. And they're not, mm-hmm. I don't think they're thinking that way. That's where I think, could they just do a, a two-week reign with Dean Ambrose 
or uh, a two-week reign with Orton before Seth gets it back. One final point before I want to get your thoughts on all that I just introduced there. Uh, Kane uh, it had the stipulation for Monday, if anybody didn't see the show, was Triple H said Kane's job is on the line if Seth doesn't retain his title as director of operations. Now, And Kane's been giving mixed signals and people have been reading into his inferring things from his body language that maybe he's on their side or isn't. Um, if Kane helps Seth win, that's one finish. If Kane actually chooses not to help Seth win, that could lead to Kane being kicked out of the authority. Somebody else becomes champion, and you have kind of a shakeup there too. So there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of reasons to expect more than just what might seem smartest for business between now and SummerSlam because they're trying to get those numbers up for Q2 network ratings. So I'm trying to get inside their head and their strategies, John. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Uh, I think with the Kane situation, you have to look at it two ways. One would be, all right, we've decided to get the title off Seth. If we do that, we're obviously resetting our, our top matches, at least through SummerSlam, uh, you know, whether it be now Orton uh, or Reigns or, or Ambrose, uh, while Seth can maybe be in that mix, they're either saying, uh, you know, we need someone for, for Seth to work, and it could be Kane. Um, so that's how they're setting it up, or they could be, uh, or I can't really see, hmm, I guess on the flip side, uh, Kane now not being in the authority, I just, why, you know, I mean, is this, a, I don't know where they would go with that, um, yeah. unless they need, well, hmm, yeah, they could do the two week thing where then, uh, you know, WWE booking wouldn't surprise me where in two weeks Kane helps Rollins get it back in the elimination chamber to get his job back. I mean, that's WWE booking over the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Kane could, Kane could try to help Rollins. It backfires. Uh, one of the baby faces goes over, uh, Kane, you're fired the next night on raw. Kane returns at Elimination Chamber, helps Rollins get the belt back. Easy way to get Kane back in the mix. Now you have, you know, Kane versus uh, whoever the guy was that was the babyface champion for the next couple months. Ambrose, uh, hopefully not Reigns. They've wrestled so much. Him versus Orton. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of scenarios. Uh, I don't, man, I just don't see it with Ambrose. But again, yeah, maybe if they're totally saying we're going to shake it up and this is the guy to do it. Uh, I look, I know Ambrose is popular and I know he gets good reactions. I don't know that he's done anything on TV that has lead, led me to believe that they're going, this is the guy that's going to turn things around. Or if we're going to take a shot, this is the guy we take a shot on. Because I'd also think they would at least put something out there to, to see how it would work, you know, and maybe it was, maybe it was saying, let's put him in a match with Rollins. And if he wins, he's in the title match, and let's see what kind of reaction that gets. And if it, I don't remember uh, exactly what it was because I wasn't necessarily paying attention to anything like that, but maybe you did. If that got a huge reaction, maybe that was them going, okay, let's, let's do it with Ambrose. That, that sort of clarified that he could be the guy to help us out. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, and I don't think we've seen any strong signs on TV, and I haven't seen SmackDown yet. Uh, that airs tonight. I haven't seen anything that makes me lean strongly towards Ambrose, but I also am just suspicious of the Vince McMahon reverse psychology thing of we need to surprise people, so let's not show our hand. And, you know, you can mm-hmm. overthink it and and end up, you know, tying yourself in a pretzel trying to come up with it. If you're just joining us, John Piermarini, ex-WWE creative team member. And uh, it was 2009, 2010, right, John? Yes. Yes. Yep. Wait, can I add um, something is, or I don't know? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, I just want to add something that, that just popped in my head. If they're thinking of going, we need to change things up. And again, you know, you don't want to go the total safe route with, with Orton. And maybe they don't see somebody else, even it being Rollins or, or not ready to crown Reigns as the guy that could, could give them a boost. Well, what do you do that they know recently has given them a boost? And that's the shield. I mean, I could see something where they reunite with turning on Orton and the authority. And now you got the shield running around with that title. Now, I don't know if they'd want to present Rollins as the guy, but maybe this is how you get, Reigns back in it, you know, and you 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 end up taking Reigns out of it as the babyface in six months. But maybe that's their way of saying we know this works. No one will see this coming, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm sure people just seeing those three in a match obviously probably think that it the possibility is there. But hey, you might see the Shield turn on the Authority, and maybe all three of them are babyface, and maybe they're not heel. So there's another option. No, no, it really is, and and I think that there's all kinds of things wrong with it. And then there's one big thing right about it. If you look at the micro, you're like, okay, are they tweeners? Are they heels? Are they faces? Do you put Reigns back in a position of being the, the, the kind of the heavy of the group, but not the leader? Mm-hmm. Um, Seth as the champion, how do you have Dean and Reigns okay with it, given all that they've been through? That said, whatever, you can talk. You can come up with the whole checklist of reasons that it, it doesn't make sense. It's a step backwards for all three singles characters. It's admitting defeat with Reigns in a certain way, blah, blah, blah. But it's the shield. It's, it's yeah. like when they, they look at the shield and it's one of the, the bigger success stories aesthetically and in terms of crowd pops and in terms of creating three new stars with a cool act. And they pulled the plug on it pretty quick because they wanted to get around a Roman being a top single star. Well, if Roman's not going to be a top single star, they don't have faith in that happening right away, or they think a better route to get there is reuniting the Shield, perhaps temporarily. Well, for sure temporarily, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how, how temporary. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Vince goes, I think if we reunite the Shield on Sunday, we can pop a rating on Monday. And if we can pop a rating on Monday, we can sell people on signing up for the network for May 31st for Elimination Chamber with some twist that we throw in the mix and perhaps it's Kane and Orton turning on Seth and joining the authority. Orton goes heel joins triple H Kane and Stephanie because they're upset with Seth. And there's some backstory that they can tie, connect some dots for that. And it ends up Orton Kane and the authority against uh, the shield. Of course, then the sad part, John, is we lose J and J security probably. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, but maybe they just represent Randy Orton. I don't know. I think that's that true. Yeah, yeah, they can I, turn on Seth. That'd be good. Yeah, I, I think that you could you could play it up with Roman kind of being frustrated with what happened and going, "Look, I, I see why you did what you did, but you know, uh, brotherhood is stronger than whatever. So this is why I did this." And especially if it's baby faces, I think uh, or tweeners, I think that you can make it work with with Roman and, and Dean. Uh, I also think that it's a lot stronger of a story and selling point come SummerSlam if you do Brock versus Seth. I mean, Brock versus The Shield, uh, maybe not three-on-one, but just in, in, as far as a story goes, is a lot stronger than having Brock come back and have to run through Big Show and Kane and J&J Security and you know whoever else they, they hire to throw at him um, to get to Seth. And maybe they feel like, listen, people might buy it to see Brock beat him, but people also might not care because they think, well, Brock's going to win it. So why do I need to, you know, get the the um, the network? I can just see it on Monday when he comes out with the title. Uh, I think it's a much stronger story with saying Brock's got to go through the Shield because then, even thinking more long term, since you since you gave Brock the streak and then you didn't transition that to Roman and really Brock, I guess in a sense, still holds that but it's kind of it's not really been brought up i don't think it's as strong as it as it once was um i think that now you can have him be built back up by beating the shield and now you've got that on him that if you go back to the roman reigns now he's beaten someone that not only beat the streak he went through the most dominant faction um destroyed john cena all that and reigns is still the guy i think if you just go reigns Brock now, I think people will forget all the accomplishments that Brock had in that year between the streak and Roman's match. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. All right, back to our program. John Piermarini, ex-WWE creative team member. Back in 2009-2010 is my guest today on Interview Thursday. Be sure to join Bruce Mitchell and Travis Bryant tomorrow, by the way. Um, I want to step away from WWE just briefly and ask uh, John for your thoughts on TNA's hiring of Billy Corgan. Uh, the lead singer for Smashing Pumpkins, a successful businessman. I saw on the internet his estimated net worth is $50 million. I uh, don't know how accurate the web is in, in that regard. Um, but when you have that kind of net worth that you built yourself, and you're famous, and you're successful, and you're 48 years old, and you're a lifelong wrestling fan who's dabbled and, and, and you've been a fan. He's dabbled behind the scenes. He's booked Resistance Pro. He's the type of guy that Dixie Carter might listen to more than somebody else, even a Dave Lagana who came from WWE and had had kind of uh, uh, had, had been a close follower of BCW also over the years, or a Matt Conway who came up through the system. 
Billy Corgan says a lot of common sense things, both on the media conference call and his interview on the Chris Jericho podcast. I talked about it extensively on the Wade Keller hotline for VIP members. I wrote about it in this week's Progressing Torch newsletter and a Keller's take on the site. I really liked what I heard from Billy Corgan. I'm not saying that 90% of what I liked wasn't common sense or what I think should be, but for so for so many years now, I've seen what I think is common sense floating away from the common conversations you hear from people in power in pro wrestling. And I, I felt it just was a breath of fresh air to hear Billy say so many things that to me, I don't hear necessarily people in positions of power and influence, especially Dixie Carter over the years saying, I know you've been exposed to, or you've heard some of what Billy had to say. Uh, what do you think about Billy Corgan being hired by TNA and the chance for it to make any kind of a difference with them? Um, I think that I'm, I'm split in the middle uh, as far as if I think that he'll be able to make a change to the product. And I'll tell you why. Um, I think, Wade, if when I was at WWE, if I were to invite you into uh, the writer's room and listen to us just talk wrestling or uh, sit in on a car ride and hear us talk about the show or talk about ideas that we had or um, our history as a fan in wrestling, I, I think you would walk away and hear a lot of the same things that Billy Corgan said. I, I know for a fact that I heard those same things from almost every single person that was brought into WWE creative that was a former wrestling fan. Um, so, so that doesn't immediately trigger to me that a change is coming for TNA. What does make me believe that if you take what he says and it might actually be utilized is the fact that he's being allowed to say these things in a public forum. He's allowed to go on uh, Jericho's podcast and say, here's the changes I think need to be made. You run the risk of him going and doing that and knowing people will listen and then ignoring him. So I don't know that that's possible. Now, you know, Sometimes it just takes the person in charge, Vince, Dixie, whoever, to want to listen to somebody um, that says the same exact thing that someone else says um, that's ignored. But because you're Billy Corgan, there's a chance that Dixie might go, I, I think I'm going to go this route because, well, you're Billy Corgan. I, I don't think that he's going to be the first guy to walk into uh, a creative meeting at TNA and say the things that he said on Jericho's podcast. So that's why, and here's the, here's the difference too. Um, not to knock anything that he said, I agreed with almost everything. I think that if TNA is looking for a jolt or something to reinvent themselves, the one thing that I felt, that's the one thing that I felt lacked in his interviews was great. We all agree guys should be booked better. We all agree that you don't have to look like Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar to be in the main event. We all agree that when you notice talent, you should, you should utilize that talent. Um, the difference, and I'll use an example, is when you hear Paul Heyman talk, he'll tell you what it is that he's going to do specifically to change the product. And if he doesn't give you that specific idea, he's going to tell you, here's a, a little bit of my vision 
you know, whether it's, hey, we're going to go this direction or do this, it's more than just saying we're going to book properly. Um, I think that if you just go in and book TNA with common sense, I don't know that you're going to change the business. Um, so, yes, I think he can improve the product that they listen to him. I wouldn't expect TNA to now become this must-watch television program. I think that if you had someone like Paul Heyman go in there, and, and I think if, if Paul Heyman got hired by Dixie and, and they said go on and, and do these podcasts, I think you'd have him go in there and say the same exact thing as Billy Corgan, but he would add, and here's what I'm going to do that's going to be different than WWE, that's going to change, maybe not change wrestling, but if you wanted to go that far and he had an idea like that, I think that's what's lacking in, in I, I don't want to say Billy because maybe he's just not showing yeah. cards, but um, that's what I took away from. I took it away literally with this way to sum it up. He, he's told me nothing different than what I believed when I went to WWE, what I heard others in creative at WWE say, and what I've heard you say. Um, it's just a matter of, will Dixie let him do those things? And once he does those, then what? We're about to go to another commercial break. Why are you listening to commercial breaks? Why deal with these interruptions when you can become a VIP member, support the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details, 30-plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including... Ad-free versions of the Wade Keller podcast, Wade Keller post shows, and PW Torch daily casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day. Dozens of VIP exclusive podcasts that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Subscribe to our VIP podcast feed and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Well, that no, that's a great point because, in, and in the media conference call, um, which I listened to in addition to the Jericho podcast interview, Billy hit on a number of other subjects, and, and one of the questions asked by a wrestling reporter was, hey, "Would you consider what Bischoff and Russo did, uh, the shutting down WWE, take a week off, do a hard reset, put all the titles up for grabs, like really overhaul?" And, and get people's attention, say, this is going to be different. Maybe, you know, they didn't get brought up, but maybe change the name of the company. I mean, really go for a hard reset. And, and he said no, in part because that's not realistic, because I think TNA mm -hmm. is somewhat satisfied with the product that they have, and I think they should be. I think that the show is better now than it's been in a long time. Um, I think the, the James Storm and, and Magnus and their performances with Mickey James have been really good. I think Bram is an emerging star. I think one of the things about Billy Corgan that... That, that it doesn't undo what he said, but he said that he wants to create stars who aren't ex WWE guys. And some people have brought this up. There's not a lot of those left in <laughs> TNA. You know, there's Kurt Angle, there's Bobby Lashley, but when you look at the roster and you look at who they promote, it's it's Eric Young, Magnus, James Storm, Bram. I guess Drew McIntyre is an ex WWE guy, but he's flanked, and MVP is too. But they're flanked by people who aren't Kenny King and Loki and Koya. I think TNA has created 
largely their own roster, where I think Billy Corgan can be good, but I don't know how far it extends, is if they, as he says, if he steers the battleship more towards some things that he believes they're not quite getting right yet or that could make a bigger difference even if they're not doing them wrong right now, just add on top of what they're doing right, maybe Billy can, because of his name value, such as it is, he, you know, I don't know at what level, you know, Q rating or pop culture rating he has, but people know who he is. Maybe he can get them some more attention, some more mainstream exposure. He seems to be kind of excited about trying to do that, along with wanting to just develop new stars. I'm with you, though, John. I think the big question mark is if Billy is able to do everything that he says, and I think he's just actually joining a parade that's moving in that direction anyway, because I think TNA has been largely improved in a lot of the areas that Billy talked about. That's one of the reasons I think he's welcomed into this group with John Gaburik and, and, and Matt Conway and Dave Lagana heading creative. Um, so I think it's good that Dixie listened to these ideas and said, I like this. I like these ideas. Come on in. He can help cement the good things, but you're right. You can do everything right and still have people have only 500 and some thousand people find you on destination America. And there might not be much more hope for growth in the short run. It might just be a really slow, as he said, turn the battleship situation. Can I add one more thing? I think that yeah. there's a, there's an opportunity for Billy to bring in um, a fan base maybe that um, aren't quite wrestling fans. And, um, you know, there's a chance that you can get those eyeballs. But I think that wrestling fans want good wrestling and good storytelling. I think that if you bring in so – if I, if I brought a friend over and I said, look, this is a great product. It's called TNA, much like, you know, and I'll compare it to ECW in, what, 95, 96. Um, and you said, listen, just I know you don't like wrestling or you liked it when you were seven. Um, come over and watch TNA. And let's say they booked it exactly how Billy Corgan wanted to book it. Those are the eyeballs he's going to be able to bring in. His fan base or people that just said, oh, you know, they brought in Billy Corgan um, from reading The Hollywood Reporter, and well, let's check this out. If they book TNA that way, I don't think they're going to bring in new eyeballs. Can they bring in some wrestling fans? Yes. But I think with something like when ECW was taking off, and I'm not even saying that was, this is going to work today, so by no means am I saying they have to go the ECW route. But the ECW route kind of, caught on with some non-traditional wrestling fans because it was something where you could bring them over, watch that, and they could be like, look, I'm not even a wrestling fan, but damn, that was good, or damn, that was entertaining. And I, I'm not talking about, you know, fart jokes like Vince thinks is entertaining. I'm just talking about an entertaining wrestling product. For, for example, if you took, if I took someone to uh, a PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla show, I think that they would sit there and go, look, I'm not a wrestling fan, but this is good, and I'll come back with you and watch this again. I don't know that what Billy can bring in is going to be the right audience for what he plans on booking. I don't know if that makes sense to you, does it? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, no, and I think the issue is, yeah, what, if Hollywood Reporter's not going to raise ratings because it's an industry trade magazine, and it's nice to get headlines. It gives a little credibility to the current audience that, hey, TNA is being talked about by these trade journals we've heard of. But yeah, they're not a big difference maker in the ratings. Uh, can Billy make TNA more cool? Yeah, I think he can. I mean, he talks about, you know, he's got to adjust. He's a guy in his late 40s, you know, but he's he's out there doing festival shows in England and he's reacting to his fan base and he's 
selling albums and he's appealing to a wide range of people, including people who weren't around when the Smashing Pumpkins first broke out in the 90s. And maybe he's can bring a cool factor to the entrance music. And I, I like something I heard him talk about that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is how entrance music and I like the way, and this was more on the media conference call, I believe. He talked about how not everybody needs to come out to, and he had some some music term that he used derisively for hard rock. Um, he's like, not everybody who's edgy has to come out to, you know, this grinding hard rock song. He goes, yeah. sometimes, and he says, I fight talent on it sometimes, but sometimes you want to be kind of ironic or opposite or surprise people and set a mood with your music in a different way. And and so there, I think there's some touches that he can add to TNA to make it more cool. And, and I, it's, it's just something that I think has always plagued TNA and it's, it's whether it was Jeff Jarrett with the, with the Nashville Memphis approach and, and, and the, the, not really in the white jeans that he wore every week on TV. I mean, really white jeans and you know, this in, in 2003, when you're the lead baby face it, like it worked regionally, but I think it limited how people looked at them compared to ring of honor, uh, for instance, or pro wrestling gorilla. So, Maybe Billy can give TNA a little shine of being a little bit more cool and and be a little more plugged in on that and, and redefine them in that way. Because I do think there's a lot going on. Well, I don't dread watching TNA Impact. I enjoy it. I, I really enjoy James Storms' performance. I think Eric Young has actually been successful at finding the right slot for somebody with his history to be a believable kind of mad dog Buzz Sawyer-like character now. Um, as a heel, and I, I mean, I could go on. It's just sort of random. I mean, Magnus is always good, so I I think there's something to work with there, John. I'm I'm de- I'm excited, but I I have the same same you know kind of limitations on how much I think Billy can do quickly, but I think he can help steer them in the right direction over the next year or two if TNA sticks it out and Destination America sticks it out. I think he can make the product a, a better product if they allow him to uh, initiate that vision that he has. Um, I just I you know I don't know if wrestling fans are getting excited thinking they're about to see, you know, a revolution in wrestling. I don't think right. that's going to happen, but you never know again. Hey, people hold their cards tight. Maybe he's got this great, great idea. And, and, and I could be wrong. I just, uh, Aloha torch faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Well, and the other thing, too, is he talks about social media. And I like that he said, we can't have wrestlers when we work so hard on television to get people to believe that this is authentically who they are. I believe James Storm is pretty close to what we see on TV because he's so convincing. I don't think he's a bad guy, but I think the bad guy that he plays on TV is a reflection of something at the core of the person who plays that part. I don't even need to, if I pull myself away from the show, maybe I think that's not true. But when I'm watching the show, he's so believable and effective at that role, I believe it. 
I think Magnus probably is a maybe a jealous husband who's a little controlling of Mickey, but has his heart in the right place. Like, I believe the characters on TNA. I'm kind of believing Eric Young is kind of a little bit wacky and crazy. Even back when he was a comedy character, he seemed a little little out there and a little uh, off edge. Don't go. And, and Billy Corgan's point is, if we work so hard on television to get people to kind of believe that there's something at the core of these characters that reflects who they really are. They're not just pretending to be something totally different and just acting like an actor who jumps from one role to the other and shows great diversity, like Leonardo DiCaprio or whomever. I'm just grabbing a name. Um, but it's also uh, a different world when Leo does that. You know, he's going from one universe to the other universe yeah. and, and playing a different character. It's not all in the same universe. Right. And so with yeah. wrestlers who play the same character where there's a continuum throughout their entire career. Now, there's an exception now and then where somebody just gets completely remade. You know, there's no mm-hmm. connection between Kane and Isaac Yankum. That was just let's forget that ever happened. Let's go here. Um, but okay for the most that, part. Yeah. yeah. But for the most part, there's a continuum. And Billy Corgan said on the conference media conference call, we need to get guys to not go on Twitter. And if they're this devious, crazy character who lives underground, tweeting a picture of this great new one-third pound sirloin burger at McDonald's that they're eating with their niece who's <laughs> sucking on a light ice cream cone. Don't do that. And he's mm-hmm. like, it's not that hard not to do it. It should be easy not to do it. It works against us. And he goes, he wants to kind of come up with, and no one's really done this yet and it's because it's new. Come up with a policy. What is our policy that makes sense? Let's get everybody on the same page. If you want to have a personal Twitter account, Make it private or use your real name. But if you're going to publicize a Twitter account on television under your character's name as you walk to the ring, let's make sure that that social media blends in consistently with what we're doing on the air. I loved hearing somebody say that who has the ear of somebody in power, because sometimes I think people on a writing team, John, and you've been there, don't concern themselves with things they don't think they can change or that aren't immediately on their to-do list. And I'm glad that Billy's thinking in that level of detail. Yeah, to be honest with you, I've said, uh, probably even on your show, but I've said that same thing since I was there. I just, I could not understand why they allowed that to happen. And look, here's the thing. If, uh, I I don't want to, I don't know anyone's real name, but let's just say like uh, Rick Grimes, the character on The Walking Dead, the lead character. Look, man, if Andrew Lincoln wants to go and have a Twitter account, by all means, go on there and and tweet your pictures of, of you and your daughter or your son playing catch or going to McDonald's and you know, a video of them sliding down the slide and you catching them. No problem, because people can differentiate Andrew from his character. But you don't want to promote, you know, at Rick Grimes while he's sitting there shooting zombies. And then someone goes, oh, let me go check that out. And there he is, you know, taking pictures with uh, the lead uh, villain or out of character. I mean, it's just so easy. Why does a wrestling character need to have their only Twitter be their wrestling character account and then yeah. 90% of the time not be in character. It doesn't make sense. So yes, I know, it, it, it'd be nice for someone to be able to make that change. Some of Pro Wrestling's best podcasts are VIP exclusive and you can go VIP and find out why we have been supported by paid subscribers for over 30 years with our exclusive top shelf content, including Pro Wrestling Torch senior columnist Bruce Mitchell with the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show. I usually host that program, although he has a variety of guest hosts with different themes and unmatched historical insight, but primarily providing insight and hard hitting analysis and 
opinion on what today's news means. Also, the fix with Todd Martin. Every midweek, Todd and I sit down for two and a half, three and a half hours with analysis of the latest TV shows and major events from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and many others. Plus, he'll keep you up to date on what just happened in the world of MMA, USC, Bellator, and more, and what's coming up the following weekend. Plus, book reviews, reviews of documentaries, and so much more comprehensive coverage of the worldwide pro wrestling scene. And then the unmatched mailbag segment. This is one of the highlights of the week in the pro wrestling podcast world. I know I sound like I'm exaggerating, but this is great stuff. The fixed listeners provide fantastic questions, and Todd delivers every week. You will learn, you will think, and you will appreciate professional wrestling on another level when you go VIP. And that includes Bruce and Todd joining me for post-pay-per-view roundtables following WWE and AEW pay-per-view events where we spend roughly an hour, sometimes longer, breaking down the pay-per-view. As soon as it ends, we are recording that podcast, and within about 90 minutes, it's available for VIP members on our VIP-exclusive podcast feed. All the VIP shows are available on popular podcast apps on both iPhone and Android. No ads, no plugs on the VIP exclusives, and we remove the plugs and ads from the free shows that also show up on the VIP podcast feed sometimes sooner than the general public has access to them. That's just scratching the surface. Go check out full details on VIP benefits, including retro radio shows from the early to late 1990s, our podcast dating back to the mid-2000s, back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, over 1,600 of them, and so much more. Full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Join the ranks of the most well-informed and most entertained pro wrestling fans with the best podcast lineup anywhere. Go VIP and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed also. A huge bonus. PWTorchVIPInfo.com. And, and I'd say, too, because people go, well, everybody knows wrestling's fake. And that's like, it's, it's, it's this, everybody knows wrestling. is It's five words. And they think that just is an open and shut case. And it's not. that You can actually have a more nuanced position on this and the more nuanced position is wrestling is a con- on a continuum what happens often happens live you know last friday impact was live or on slight delay raw's live every week pay-per-views are live slammiversary is going to be live it's an ongoing story they refer to things that happened in the last seven days in between television shows every, the, the way the show is portrayed on television is in real time it's in real time what's happening tonight we're talking about tonight, and then this Sunday on pay-per-view, something's going to happen. And then on Monday, we're going to talk about what happened yesterday. Most TV shows don't do that. When I watch Modern Family, I have no idea how long it's been between uh, 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 skip day at high school and the, the failed lemonade stand escapade the week before. There's not a timeline to it. And I know they're all actors who will, when this show comes to an end, play other roles. Wrestling is part of a continuum. It creates this immersive universe, and it never ends. It's always You're always playing the same character, and it, in, it's on this continuum. So it doesn't make sense to have a Twitter account that you advertise that you're contradicting that ongoing continuum. People think that the, the best experience that helps elevate the product, as Billy Corgan talked about, is to have social media work in concert and consistently and not contradict what we do on TV. It, it, John, this is the thing. Yes, you and I, for going on five years, have sat here, or maybe four, more than five years now, have talked and, and sounded this bell together, and other people are with us. I thought Billy explained it really well, and he's in a position of power in TNA to maybe make a difference. And I haven't heard somebody 
in a position of influence and power explain it as well as he did. That's where that that hope springs from, that maybe he's somebody who can get it right and get people on the same page and set an example. And and I, I do think like people say, well, I know these people that, you know, Paige isn't really like Paige. You know what? I don't know that Bailey isn't right, like Bailey. I honestly don't know that. I just don't know her well enough to know she's not like that. And I don't want to know that she's not like that. I don't want her to wear I'm a hugger and be all all this underdog, the sweet underdog who you want to squeeze her cheeks and hope she succeeds. And then go on Twitter and have her mouthing off about some hot topic political issue. But but like, wait, and the thing is, is go ahead and do that and people won't mind. Just don't do it as Bailey. You, you've, you've tapped yes. into certain emotions of a fan base that want to believe that you are that person. You know, that's why people enjoy going to movies or watching a TV show. They want to escape reality. They want to believe what they're immersed in at that moment is truly happening. But it doesn't mean that they think that it's real. So if you have, you know, uh, Batman versus Superman happening on the big screen, you don't want to see them go, okay, cut. And then these guys, you know, Batman picks up Superman off the ground. Man, that was great. Okay, okay, now let's go to the next scene. Well, what, guys? You knew this wasn't real, right? People don't want that. But they don't yeah. mind if, if uh, Ben Affleck goes on Twitter and talks about something completely unrelated to the Batman character because he's doing it as Ben Affleck. And people are smart enough to go, that's fine. But when you're Batman, I want to believe in Batman. I can differentiate the two characters. That's the problem. Let Bailey go on there and say whatever she wants to say about a hot topic. But why do they have to do it as Bailey? It's not as right. and I've heard I've heard wrestlers say this. They want to build their own brand. What brand are you building off of? And I'm not saying this is the guy that said it, but it's one of the names that pops in my head. Randy Orton. Uh, granted, I, is that even his real name? I think it is. Right. Um, yeah. What if you're building the brand? Rand- of Randall Randy Orton, Randall, G- G- Randall Jeremiah Orton the third. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, point being, it's pretty close to. His character and his and his real yes. name are, are pretty much identical. Okay. Yes. But yes. but the brand you're building on WWE has nothing to do with some of the things that you're putting on Twitter. It doesn't. And if it did, I could understand that. If if um, you know Seth Rollins was a guy who is a sellout and a guy who stands by the person in power and kisses up to them, and he goes. You know, Obama makes a, a, a bad uh, political move, and he sits there and he goes, you know what, though? you got to respect the man. And he does it as Seth Rollins. I'm okay with that. Play into the character. Build your brand. Make people hate you even more. But right. to go out there and say, hey, look at me taking a picture with, um, you know, Dean Ambrose after our hard, hard-fought match on, uh, on Raw, man, this is such a great guy. I love being in the ring with them. It's like, no, why do you need to do that? What exactly are you accomplishing? Audible is offering listeners of this podcast a free edition of Jim Ross's Under the Black Hat, or for that matter, any book title of your choosing in their vast collection of thousands and thousands of books. If you go to audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. That's right. Jim Ross is Under the Black Hat. Came out just a couple weeks ago. Available to you right now for free. In his new book, he goes into uh, detail that I haven't heard before. There's one point pretty early in the book where he says, I'd call it the damn Flair vs. Steamboat trilogy, and now I was trying to get punch holes to line up in the stupid paper on my stupid desk. I wanted to be on the front lines, not behind a desk. Go check out the new Jim Ross 
memoir of his time in WWE with some great stories from years and years ago and more recently. That's under the black hat at audible.com slash pwtorch. Now, it's not just pro wrestling books, and it's not just books. Audible is much more than audiobooks. They have podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performance, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. There are thousands of titles. In fact, if you listen to everything on Audible, you'd be listening for more than three centuries to catch up. Of course, you could dial up your narration speed and maybe cut it down to a century and a half. Anyway, Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time. It allows people to listen while commuting, cooking, exercising, gardening, or relaxing at home. A recent Pew study found that 27% of adults say they haven't read a single book in the past year, up from 19% in 2011. Lack of time being the main reason. So, why not listen to your books and then you can, you know, tell your friends how many books you read this year. One of the non-wrestling titles I'm listening to right now is Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow about the Harvey Weinstein situation. And uh, it's a fascinating look behind the scenes at uh, power and corruption and denial um, within a news organization and the frustration that he had within NBC News trying to get uh, this story out. It's it's a well-told story. It's fascinating and uh, kind of chilling. Also, I'm uh, listening to an Alfred Hitchcock biography. I've been watching some old Alfred Hitchcock movies in recent weeks as I've had more time at home and less time away from home, and I wanted to learn more about him and the movies he made. Whatever interests you this month, uh, Audible's got a book that will let you do a deep dive into it or just be entertained and escape. So again, go to audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. And that's important for a lot of people right now. We're living in a time right now where there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of routines that have been broken, and it can shake us up a little bit. Some guided meditation might help. This might be the time to uh, check that out, and Audible is a way to do that. So go to audible.com Wade or text Wade to 500-500. And I, and I look like to me, like I, I'm just thinking of like an example that might resonate with people who still struggle to kind of understand where we're coming from, because I do think there's there's people who've grown up watching wrestling and they've never experienced the kayfabe version of it, the immersive sports like environment of we're not going to unnecessarily for no purpose, throw a bunch of things at you that contradict the story we're telling on television. And it's so awesome when you get that type of experience. I, I, it's a silly, I don't know if it's a silly example or a good one, but when I watched, if I watch the uh, evening news and there's a sportscaster and he's got a smile on his face and he is like, the New York Rangers won in overtime last night against the Washington Capitals and fans are going crazy. It has been such an exciting day here at the studio. Uh, our, our anchor, Becky, is, is in her Rangers. She just took her Rangers jersey off right before she went off the air. It is just celebration time here. We're so excited that they made a pass around after being down three to one. Okay, great. That's part of what local news stations do. They want to be part of the community, get people excited. I don't want to go on Twitter and have Becky on Twitter go, I don't know what that guy was talking about. I don't own a Rangers jersey. I'm an Islander fan. Or I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't follow sports. I understand that news anchors shine a spotlight on aspects of their real passions and hobbies that they think will connect them with their viewers and make those viewers choose channel five over channel four. I get that. And sometimes I think they probably don't talk about things like they're ardent, they're far left or far right politically, probably not a good thing to put on Twitter because people want to think when you're 
talking about politics, you're not don't have this really strong political perspective or bias. So don't. So to me, that's what wrestling's like. I want a wrestling character who is not going to go on Twitter and make me unbelieve what you just made me believe on television needlessly for no reason. The same way, I don't, and I don't want the sports anchor himself to go, I don't want to go on Twitter and have the sports anchor goes, I'm so sick of sports and talking about sports. Like, I don't want that. That doesn't make me then believe that he's an anchor who cares. Obviously, if he felt that way and he was just putting on a show on the news, he wouldn't go on Twitter because he knows it's not good for his job to contradict what he's saying on TV. Again, News anchors, sports anchors, or, or talk show hosts, whatever. They're part of a continuum of real time. That's where I think... We'll bring John back onto the show, and we'll take your calls also. Um, so let's, uh, let me see if John has been able to call back. All right, John. Uh, there you are. Sorry about that. Uh, I know, I, John, I knew something was wrong because we had like four or five people on hold wanting to talk, and then all of a sudden every, you dropped, and they all hung up. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. So... Let's, uh, let's begin with area code 646. Uh, 646, thanks for hanging with us. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hi, uh, this is Nelson from Bronx, New York. Hey, Nelson. Did the uh, New York Rangers talk get you excited? Um, I'm not much of a, of a Rangers fan. I mean, uh, I'm, I, if I, I mean, I support them, but I wouldn't want to be a bandwagon just because I don't watch hockey. I watch baseball, so I'm a Yankee fan. Gotcha. Uh, but I'm happy for the I'm happy for the Ranger fans. You know, I have friends that are that are big fans of the Rangers, so I hopefully they'll go all the way. Yeah. Um, but, but wait, I mean, I, I I tried calling last week and my phone got disconnected, and I thought maybe it was something with my phone, but then I guess it was realized uh, something happened on the show because I wanted to talk to uh, Mr. George Shire. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to, but it was a great yeah, show, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, I recommend people check that out if they haven't yet. The Vern Gagne. Funeral was uh, detailed by historian and book author George Shire last week. Yeah, hopefully when you speak to Mr. Shire, you can ask him that question uh, when you on your hotline about if he ever got a chance to uh, uh, with with the thank you card or so or condolence card. That uh, how come it was uh, Stephanie and Triple H signing it and Vince McMahon's name wasn't on the card? Uh, just out of curiosity. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, I heard your hotline show, um, and I wanted to mention I, I even sent you a tweet about the. A, que- a person had a question about glitches with the WWE Network. Uh, I have the Samsung Smart TV, and uh, I, I get glitches here and there with all the programs on the on demand. So, but it only lasts for like three or four seconds, um, and I'm kind of used to it. I mean, that I'm able to watch the shows without a problem. It, it's a shame, though, that with my Netflix on the TV, I get no glitches whatsoever. But with the network, I get here and there, but it's not bothersome. But when I watch the, the live event, uh, with WrestleManias and the Royal Rumbles or whatever, I don't get no glitches at all. But um, okay. so far, I've had no problems with the network. Um, Very good. I, I, yeah. Know. Yeah. So, so you're I watching Sunday. Can I, can I ask? Can I ask who sure. your pick is for uh, for the main event in the Fatal Four? We've been talking about that for the last hour. Um, or, you know, oh yeah, because I, I, yeah, I caught your show late. So, um, but my yeah. my pick is um, I would like to see Dan Dean Ambrose win, um, but I think. Um, Seth Rollins is going to walk out with the title, um, but I, I, I would like to see Dean Ambrose win it. But you know, Seth Rollins, I think, is going to win it, and uh, I don't. Know, I think maybe Triple H or maybe even Kane may play a part in it. You know, think, think, think everybody's going to think that Kane is maybe going to the you know become a babyface, and all of a sudden maybe they may pull a switcheroo or something. I don't know. Right. Somehow Seth Rollins is going to walk out with that title. Well, we had a good talk uh, at the beginning of the show, so yeah, go back and check it out. I'm sure you will, given that you're a VIP. Yeah, operator. I definitely will, uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning or so. But I have sure. a question about Rusev. I think Rusev is going to win the U.S. title uh, against um, John Cena. Um, but if 
Rusev does win the U.S. title, who do you think will be, uh, how do you think he will be as a U.S. champion? Who would be his next challenger? And then I have one more question after that. Oh, well, go ahead and ask the other one, and then John and I will tackle them both at once. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard uh, Rick Flair's new podcast uh, show. Uh, he just had a second, uh, this is his second week. Last week he had uh, Kurt Angle as a guest, and I thought it was really good. Uh, this week he had uh, Dave Meltzer on the show, and Rick Flair, right off the bat, uh, had said that, I don't know, he said something that he, just, he kind of disregarded you, you and, he, and uh, like he, named, he called you out or something, and then he was saying that Dave Meltzer is like the top wrestling journalist, journalist of all time, and I just wanted to know if there was any beef between you and Ric Flair. Huh. Um, no. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not, Rick's not one of the guys that I would call uh, uh, someone who's been a friend of mine in the industry. Uh, but no, I didn't, I mean, I hadn't heard that, which is kind of weird. I mean, I guess if Rick Flair of all people calls me out on his podcast, you think I would have heard about it from now, but no, I haven't heard his, I haven't heard the podcast. Um, and I, I know that, uh, you know, Bruce Mitchell has followed his career super closely and, and we've done a lot of Cool, a lot of cool coverage of Rick. So yeah, no, I I don't I don't know, and I'd like to find out and hear what he said and find out where that's coming from. Yeah, interesting. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. All right, well, uh, John, that aside, um, the uh, Rusev situation... Uh, with the U.S. title, do you think he regains that title, or do you think the John Cena, uh, the the John Cena Open U.S. title tour continues, where he continues to face, you know, a, a wide array of opponents for a while longer, defending that belt? I like the concept of uh, of the U.S. Open. I think it would work a lot better if you didn't have to do it while building to such an important match that you know. Cena's not going to lose that title. Um, while it's good to give you know guys like Neville and uh, Zayn and uh, the the other guys that he's been in the ring with uh, a little bit of rub being in there with them, uh, gosh, I think it would mean so much more if if you actually thought that there was a chance he might drop that title. And I think that they've built that concept up so um, not only so well but so big that that will probably have to be the way that Cena loses the uh, the U.S. title. I don't think he's going to lose it to Rusev. I don't think Rusev needs it. I think he kind of ran through everyone that he could run through as U.S. champ. Um, that I don't think he needs it, and I, I think that you should uh, pay off this U.S. Open concept with having somebody defeat John Cena um, in an open challenge. 
Okay, so kind of create a new star, elevate a star, not just have it go back to Rusev. Yeah, because I, I don't think Rusev yeah. needs it. I mean, I'd love to see... I, I would have loved to have seen it originally booked where Rusev looked strong over Cena, and that was the guy that you made. Um, but at this point, just by saying, well, Rusev got the last win, so Rusev uh, got over thanks to Cena, I, I don't know that that's going to work. I think that uh, they should have just went with Rusev uh, from uh, whatever the pay-per-view was in, uh, in March. I think he should have went over him again in, at, at Mania, and I think that should have just been the end of it. Um, at this point, what, what does Rusev gain by beating John Cena and having that U.S. title? Um, I think he's above that at this point, to be honest. Uh, and I don't think it was, I think that it helped the first match that he had with Cena helped, but I think you, you pulled back on that by just having him, gosh, lose how many times since then? At, at least twice. Um, yeah. and I think just try again, man. They might've wasted the bullets that they had in having, you know, someone like Neville or Zane be the guy that, uh, that beats him, but maybe they have somebody else in mind that, that they're waiting for. Uh, I just hope it's not an established guy. Uh, although, you know, it would be fun to maybe see, um, maybe you're wasting it, actually, but, you know, someone like Roman would be a good surprise, but I think maybe you yeah. might want to save, you might want to save that for, for something bigger uh, between those two. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, if the Shield reform, if, and we talked about that earlier in the show, uh, the, you know, the, you brought up the possibility of doing that. If they do, it, it wouldn't be bad to have them hoard some titles again to give them that credibility as kind of a setup for something later. Uh, and you could have Seth keep the world title, perhaps, and Roman and, and uh, Dean win the tag team titles and feud with Harper and Rowan, who have been just put back together and they're trying to build them up. I mean, there's different things you can do, but then, yeah, you could also uh, have uh, Dean win the IC title at Elimination Chamber and have Roman Reigns win the U.S. title and really give the Shield credibility by having all three with the belts, and that can lead a lot of places, too. Rusev winning the U.S. title, I don't know who the next logical opponent would be for him because I don't think right. they have a lot of strong baby faces lined up to take on the foreign menace Rusev. I almost think Rusev has to move. If he wins the U.S. title, it, it would seem kind of like a rerun for Dean Ambrose to chase down the U.S. title. So that's mm -hmm. where, yeah, Roman Reigns maybe fits. They had some good house show matches. I think uh, from what I heard in WWE, they were very happy with Rusev you know, because if you want to impress management and Vince McMahon especially, make Roman Reigns look good. And Rusev mm -hmm. got credit for doing that in main events against Roman leading into WrestleMania and coming right out of it. I'm not sure of the exact timeline actually, but uh, right around that time. So yeah, maybe. Anyway, let's let's go have a call would, here. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, John. I was I'm just going to yep. say real quick, I would move Rusev up and have him kind of play that that Bray Wyatt role, but actually start going over some of these top guys. I mean, you can transition from Rusev to Randy Orton next, and you know he can work him the way that they book it two to three months and, until you've got a, a new baby face for him. I, I prefer that than to have him be the U.S. champion, you know, randomly wrestle Dolph Ziggler and have to have Ziggler go over because they, the only way they can tell a story to get to a secondary title pay-per-view match is to have the challenger beat him on Raw. Sure, yep. All right, let's go next to air code 801. 801, thanks for calling. By the way, uh, really appreciate our last caller. Um, but, yeah, 801, go ahead with your uh, name and the city you're calling from. This is Derek from Utah. Hey, Derek, good to hear from you. What do you got for us today? Uh, just kind of commenting on your guys' discussion on Billy Corgan. I listened to his interview with Jericho. And I think for, like, the first half of the interview, I thought he was just speaking in generalities and being very vague. 
And so I was not really impressed at all. I thought, you know, having an idea is great, but an idea without a plan often is just useless. And that's kind of what I heard from Corgan. And then when he got into some more of the the character development ideas where I think he was he was bringing up specific examples, I was definitely on board with that. But then he uh, he kicked me off board or sent me off the plank when he started talking about reality television as it relates to professional wrestling, which to some extent is what exactly what I don't want to see TNA do. And it... It got me thinking about uh, his prior experience in Resistance Pro, and so I ask you guys: Have you? Uh, sorry, so I ask you guys if you're familiar with uh, what he actually did and accomplished in Resistance Pro. No, and I, I should be more familiar with it than I am, but I'm not. Uh, John, how about you, real quick? Have you seen much? Uh, of I, I, I know nothing of that of that yeah. uh, promotion. I actually, but, but, I, but I, I'll, I'll, let I, me let me say this, John, before you throw it, because I want to just address my state my my uh, context on this, and then I definitely want to what you say about it. I don't think you can judge somebody in one context or one project on what they will do in a completely different situation where the train's already moving, the freight ship's already moving, whatever you want to call it, the battleship's already moving. Billy talked over and over again about wanting to fit into the context of what TNA is doing and make what they're doing better. He doesn't think they have to just blow it up and start over. And he did a reality TV show that was based on, that had pro wrestlers and pro wrestling, that it was going to be on AMC, and then AMC just canceled the whole reality division. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a reality TV show that's based on wrestling. That's a good idea. Because you had that idea, that doesn't mean that you can't then do... uh, weekly, episodic, never-ending, more traditional show and have a lot of good ideas fit into that context, too. I just want to establish that because I have heard people say, oh, Resistance Pro, I didn't like it. He did this this thing. And I think Resistance Pro was kind of his Petri dish, his chance to experiment with things, push the limits in different places that I think he would be probably smart enough to know isn't wise in 2015 on Destination America with the machinery already moving and that, that TNA has in place. So I haven't been super re- – I've heard the criticism, but it doesn't really resonate with me as being particularly relevant considering that everything Billy Corgan has said in the media conference call and with Jericho, with very rare exception, kind of gels with what I think makes sense in making money in 2015 on a weekly episodic TV show, which is what he was talking about. Uh, John, go ahead, and then, I, and then I definitely want to go back to Derek. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see both of your points. Uh, we don't know what he meant by you know uh, bringing the reality television aspect into wrestling. I can see taking um, reality and and infusing it into a product, um, but I don't know exactly what Billy Corgan meant. So it's hard for me. You to know talk what I? About that, you know what I think yeah. he might have meant, John? Is yeah. is because I use. Reality TV, because people have different impressions of what that means and, and when that term is thrown out. So I think it, Billy would be best explaining and elaborating better. To me, one thing reality TV gets right is when the show is on the air, they don't go on Twitter and talk about how scripted it is. They don't go on Twitter and talk about how the producers orchestrated this, this uh, near-miss car accident that led to a big story arc within their show. We know reality television is amped up and orchestrated and that people are, are given certain roles. They talked about it going back to Survivor number one or, heck, the editing of Real World. They would edit out scenes that made people who had bad moments. They'd edit out the scenes that made them look good, and they would feature all the bad moods and all the bad things to give them to make them the heel on the program. And then there's other yeah. people who came across 
Rupert came across in Survivor as this great guy, affable and, and all that. But people who were on the show with him said like half the time he was the least popular guy there. He was so self-centered and all into himself and everyone rolled their eyes at him. Okay, so the editing of reality television creates a reality and the stars of it, the people on it, don't go on social media and talk about how orchestrated and fake and manipulated it is. They want to create a reality that people can get immersed in and the key words, believe in. When you watch reality TV, you might know something's up, but you don't know what it is, and you get wrapped up and just kind of going, they're not contradicting anything here. I'm going to get into these housewives, or I'm going to get into these people locked in a room together, whatever the story is. So that might have been where Billy was coming from. I didn't hear him elaborate, Derek, enough on that to think that he was saying something I disagreed with in regards to reality TV. It's, um, it reminds me, it's like the new, uh, they, they're using the tactic of, of pro wrestling in reality TV, which is, uh, it, it becomes entirely more popular with the, the fan base when you can present it as we're not going to deny what it is, but the most exciting parts are the ones where the audience goes, listen, I know it's scripted and I know it's, it's produced and they're put in situations, but no, I think that right there, that was real. And I, and think, I think you're, I, but, but John, this is where sometimes you say that and I, and I'm not sure if I agree, just agree with you because I want to, okay. Understand it. I don't want a show where there's anything on it that makes people think the other 98% must be fake. Or well, I agree. I fake. agree. I, I agree 100%. What I'm saying is yeah. the, the cat is out of the bag, okay, with reality TV. Nobody believes that it's a camera following a family or a group of people and just, hey, whatever happens, happens. Right. Um, no television network would ever do that. But what I'm saying is that the cat's out of the bag with reality TV, the cat's out of the bag with wrestling. What gets people the most excited of the moments of going, I'm going into this, and no, I don't want them on reality to go, shoot, what was my line again? What am I supposed to say to this girl? Oh, okay, got it, and, and, and go back into it. But right. what I'm saying is that the best moments when you know that something isn't 100% real, the best moments are when you – yourself believe that that part might be when they right. when they've when they've presented to you something of going look we're not going to deny what we are yet they still got you those are the moments i'm talking yeah. about now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore Harry's know sometimes it's better to stay inside, and that's why they ship directly to you so you can experience the quality of a hairy shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home I love Harry's razors because of the fit and finish of the razor blade. For me, I don't like putting a cheap plastic blade or a heavy blade that's off balance up against my face when I'm shaving. Harry's has that perfect fit and finish, that balance and that sense of quality and that sense of safety along with a great shave. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special trial offer by going to harrys.com slash dailycast. That's harrys.com slash dailycast. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. Your choice. And you can feel good about your purchase. There's a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. And 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. So listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash dailycast. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, 
Five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So go to harrys.com slash dailycast to start shaving better today. That's harrys.com slash dailycast to get a free Harry's trial set. And I love the packaging it comes in, too. And, and that's, that's where I have mixed feelings about the CM Punk promo, because I don't think somebody, and I know there were grumblings in the locker room among other wrestlers, when CM Punk went out there and sat on the stage and pulled back the curtain and said, everybody else. It was like, Chris, there's a famous story, Christian Leitner, when he was with the Timberwolves. He won all these Final Fours with Duke and was just the greatest basketball player of all time. Okay, great. He goes up to the Timberwolves, and they just lose, 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 lose. And he was asked, why are, what's wrong with the Timberwolves? And Christian Leitner looked around the locker room while his teammates were untying their shoes and getting changed, and he pointed at each and every one of them and went, loser, 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 <laughs> loser, loser, loser. And then he pointed at himself and said, winner. And everyone couldn't believe he did that, all the media who were in that locker room. And Leitner did this. Greatest says, promo yeah. ever, though. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and Leitner, you know, kind of, it sort of seems maybe to have a sense of humor about it. He says he doesn't, quote, remember if it really happened, but it must have if people say it did. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So here's my point. CM Punk sat there and did the equivalent of sitting on the stage at the end of a show going fake, 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 pointed at himself and said real. If you mm-hmm. can't get yourself over doing that, you, are, you should find a new occupation. So mm-hmm. now is CM Punk better at doing it than almost anybody else? Yes, but did he get an incredibly special privilege that boosted him up at the expense of everybody he shared that locker room with? Yes, because he shined a spotlight saying, y'all know everybody else is fake, and I'm here to confirm it. I'm sick of being scripted and being fake, so I'm going to be real with you for a minute. Getting to do that is not something you can do more than once and get away with it and have it work. Number two, Mm -hmm. you pay a huge price for it. So now, did he go quite that far? No, but I think it had that effect to an extent that WWE is still paying for, that, that people don't believe in the context even of the show that anything is authentic because you have the term sports entertainer being thrown around and you're jumping back and forth, as we talked about, with shame. You know, is, is Seamus really a bad guy now or not? Like Alberto Durrell when he was a heel, Mark Henry when he was a heel, they showed them during Raw at a charity event with children. I'm sorry, yeah. I cannot get into hating Mark Henry and Del Rio when you show me that in their free time they're smiling <laughs> with kids and that the kids aren't scared of them. So yeah. my point is, I'm with you. If you can succeed like reality TV at, at suspending people's disbelief successfully, where nobody knows what's real and what's not because everything you do is relatively believable and you don't send out contradictory signals, and every once in a while there's something that's kind of a peak moment of the show, and you're like, that felt kind of real to me. Like I think James Storm and Magnus accomplished that when they were talking about Mickey James. James Storm looked, and this was two, two weeks ago on Friday, James Storm looked Magnus in the eye, and he says, I've known your wife a lot longer than you have, and I might know her better than you in ways you don't realize. And Magnus got this look that made me think, was that line scripted, and is it true, and did James Storm and Mickey have a fling, and are they drawing on reality? But they did in a way that fit the context and didn't contradict anything else on the program. Exactly. I think that's exactly. what you're getting at. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, and, and the example that I was going to give, and, I, and I, now that I'm about to say it, I'm thinking, you know, there might have been moments on TV where they maybe went a little bit too far in the CM Punk way, but, like, almost you're watching uh, – you, you, you follow the torch 
or at the time you read a magazine or whatever it may be, you saw something that was like, oh my gosh, Bret Hart hates Shawn Michaels and vice versa. And then you see something happen in a match where, you know, a guy gets uh, thrown outside the ring or whatever. Now Bret Hart looks frustrated. And when Shawn comes out there, it's almost like, you know, under his breath, he goes, you're a piece of bleep and like throws him into the announce table. And you go, wait a second, wait a second. Did they just break from the script here? And now Bret Hart is really fighting Shawn Michaels. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying... Or, or did Sean enjoy kicking Brett with a stiff kick a little too much? Or did Brett enjoy maybe throwing Sean onto the monitor because he, quote, forgot to move the monitor before he threw it on it? You know, like that, those moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you start going yeah. like, it's, you know, Brett could sit there and say, lay that kick in on me and give me a fat lip. And so they're going in and going, okay, this is going to help us out. Brett Hart comes out on Raw the next week and goes, hey, you gave me a fat lip. And tonight, believe me, I'm going to pay you back for that. And you start going, man, I'm going to stick around for this. I mean, there's, there's a chance Bret Hart and Sean might get into it uh, because yeah. there's the fat lip right there. There's the black eye. That's what I mean. You don't have to come out and say, hey, everything is fake, but what I'm about to tell you right now is real. There, right. You said it exactly the way I should have explained it. Well, thank you. Okay, very good. No, And then we're definitely on the same page. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. Derek, I want to throw back to you. You brought up the subject. We went in different directions with it. Any uh, follow-up on what we had to say, or do you want to clarify your point at all? Well, I guess my main fear is just I've been watching uh, TNA for the last few months, and it's been a lot better. And I think yeah. it's been a lot better because it's been a lot more simple. It's wrestler A versus wrestler B with something at stake, and then you have a vice that comes into play that builds animosity between the guys. That's a simple formula. And, and what yeah. I don't want to see is for an outsider to come in and then – think he's going to do something groundbreaking to completely change how professional wrestling is presented where there's 20 to 30 years of examples of the fact that simplicity often wins out over complexity and so i, I now I let me uh, derek let me ask you this do you think that billy corgan gave any specific examples that made you think that he was going to break from what it is that you and i both like about impact lately because I didn't hear that. I heard a guy talking about the AWA. I heard a guy t 
talking about uh, want, you know, the, the, the types of characters, the type of wrestlers he would recruit, the idea of not just trying to be WWE light. But I didn't hear him say anything that scared me. Now, that doesn't mean if you look at his Resistance Pro history that there aren't examples that would scare you or you think he's going to do like hot shot things or you know, uh, headline grabbing, you know, Billy and Chuck wedding type stunts or something like that. Maybe that's in him. He didn't show that hand to me in his interviews, though. Well, there was comments he made about exploring social issues such as like transgender and homosexuality and pro wrestling and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like, you know, like I like to watch wrestling because it's an escape. You know, I don't mind if they bring up a moral pat, moral play in the in the narrative, but I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to have a political dialogue with somebody. You don't want it to be an a wrestling uh, angle. I, Derek, I don't know your age, but you don't want it to be an, after, an ABC after school special where there's. Uh, a okay. lesson at the end, or the little NBC chimes, the more you know. Yeah, and I, I, I have heard people talk about that aspect of what Billy Corgan said. I don't know that on the list of 100 points that he would list, uh, if, or 50 points that he would list that he think are important and, and define what he wants to bring to TNA, that that would be in the top 20. Like, I'm just not sure I got that impression. But maybe just kind of he flippantly just said, hey, there's, there's a place here to go with characters that maybe uh, is, is – is authentic and nuanced and controversial in a in a newsy way, the way that Law and Order or CSI maybe pull from the headlines sometimes with what they do. Um, but I'm I'm with you, uh, Derek. I mean we're in agreement. And and so if if there's more to that with Billy Corgan than he showed his hand in those in, in the conference call in the interview, that makes me nervous because I yeah I don't want to turn it into some moral lesson where you end up with fans in the crowd going, well, on Fox News I saw this. Yeah, but on MSNBC I saw this. And then it just isn't fun anymore. So I, yeah. guess, I guess we can all just say that we're, we'll wait and see and watch and hope <laughs> that it works out for him. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, hopefully he'll subject himself to another media conference call or accept our invite to be on this show um, or whatever. You know, I mean, I, it would be, I'd love to get deeper into this with him. He may just want to kind of not be the face you know, to not, you know, in a way he's famous enough that he might not want to be the guy who just looks like he's hogging the spotlight to get himself over. But as he said, he's already famous. He doesn't want to get himself over. He just wants to be part of putting out a good product behind the scenes. Um, he left the door open for being on TV if it was appropriate, but I, I don't think that's what he's looking for. But you're right, Derek. We've got to wait and see. Uh, 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 John, anything you want to add to that discussion? No, no. Good stuff. Yeah. I, there's a couple things I want to get to. Maybe we'll have time for a call or two in the last couple minutes here, but maybe not. Um, the uh, uh, CM Punk uh, training, he just said that his trainers are telling him they think he'll be ready by late 2015, early 2016. Uh, do you, what, what, is, what is your thought now on May 14th, 2015, compared to when CM Punk first announced that he was going into MMA? Is there any news indications, grapevine, uh, that makes you think Punk will be successful or won't, and how USC is handling all that? You definitely think he's going to be more prepared than he was before. Um, I don't. I don't know any uh, you know secrets as far as how great he's performing in the gym. Uh, I think that. I honestly think that he'll be prepared enough to step into the cage. We don't know how great uh, or how quickly he's adapting to MMA. You know, he might just be a sponge and go. You know, wow, you came in here with a uh, jiu-jitsu background, but, God, you're Muay Thai or you're, you're wrestling or you're, you're whatever is just, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, 
you had DJ Penn, um, for those that are unfamiliar with him, a UFC legend, essentially become a world champion in jiu-jitsu in a year and a half. Um, that could be punk. I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard that, uh, but I also haven't heard that he's stinking up the joint. So it'll be fun to see. I mean, look, here's, here's the one thing that he's sort of convinced me on, you know, me being skeptical and going, oh, man, I just can't see anything happening. And then he came out with a quote. And you know what? It kind of put a lot of people in their place, especially me, because, you know, we've been on this show and talked about it. But he was like, look, man, I'm doing what I want to do. If you don't like it, don't order the fight. And and <laughs> to be honest, it's like you can't knock him. Now, can you knock UFC for going? This is a total gimmick. Maybe, but you know what? They're in the business of making money. And you know what? If someone came up to them and said, "I want a shot," and they can see whether it's from the aspect of going, you know, um, I'm trying to think if, if Mayweather wanted to come in and say, "Listen, I want a shot," and they look at it from the standpoint of going outside of him being the biggest pay-per-view draw in the history of, of combat sports, but just a guy going, man, this, this guy's got the skill set to, uh, to compete. That's good for our business. Well, so is saying, I'm CM Punk and I want to come in, because as you can see, they didn't just throw CM Punk in there after he announced right. it. They didn't just say, cool, next month you're in. So I, I do think that, that UFC probably had a hand in, in Punk's decision as far as where to go train. And I think that they have faith in the school that he's with and the people that he's training with. I mean, the people that he's training with are former world champions. And, the, and, the, and that's the people that he'll be sparring with and, and, and practicing with. And the coaches are the people that have created world champions. So he's in the right place. How he'll do, yeah. we'll see. But you know what? I want to give him credit at this point and say he's doing what he wants to do. And if, if, if they offered me that and that was something that I wanted to do, I'd go do it. If they said, hey, we'll let you take one at-bat in Major League Baseball. Should I say no because everybody else out there says that I'm not deserving of it? No, I'm going to go do it, and anyone else would too. So uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what happens. I, you know, I still feel the same outcome will be true, but I can also be surprised. Hey, Harley. Remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. I think you're, you're totally right. And, and I've always thought CM Punk had the right to do whatever he wanted, and if UFC was willing to pay him and he wanted to do it, more power to him for that. 
that doesn't change anything about my initial statement that I still believe, which is the fact that CM Punk was a popular, charismatic wrestler on WWE, ECW, Ring of Honor, briefly in TNA with Raven and all that. The fact that people loved his personality and what he brought as kind of that, that rebellious, anti-authority character, great on the microphone, the popularity of CM Punk has nothing to do with whether he'll succeed in USC. The fact that you love the CM Punk character that mm-hmm. Bill Brooks played on television, and I mean, that's his, you know, it's basically become his name, obviously, um, but he was born Phil Brooks. The fact that the CM Punk character, as it evolved, is something that people loved, has nothing to do with his ability to, in his late 30s, suddenly become a prodigy like BJ Penn at uh, agree. Now, that said, I, and this is where I've added to that comment afterwards, in, in, and I think it's an important co-point, CM Punk's work ethic to become a multimillionaire, successful headline main event wrestler who studied his craft both in the ring, how he presented himself, and what he did on the microphone, week in and week out on the indie scene, traveling in on the road for very little money, earning his stripes in Ring of Honor, rising to main events, wearing basketball shorts and not taking steroids, getting, with, getting Paul Heyman's stamp of approval and having Paul believe in him enough to, to slide him into ECW under Vince McMahon's, without Vince McMahon really noticing, and then getting himself over enough that Vince said, well, okay, let's try this. I've heard skepticism. All the things that Punk has done through hard work and smarts is, a reason to believe that he would be more successful than the average person out of some jiu-jitsu school coming in off the street who's younger than him. Because mm-hmm. Punk's work ethic and his dedication to being succeeding in the face of challenges is absolutely part of his track record. And that's where I think you're coming from, too, when you say, who knows what he can do in nine months or a year of really serious full-time training. He was, had to be a good athlete and tough to handle the wrestling schedule, the grind of doing training and wrestling all those years. He has to be a good athlete. To do that, is he going to be a world-class elite USC-level MMA fighter? That's what he has to prove. But does he have the work ethic to reach his potential? That's the thing where absolutely he does. But Mm -hmm. he could have been a boring, bland, lower-card wrestler who worked really hard but just didn't have the charisma that CM Punk has. And and that wrestler would have no better or worse chance than Punk. His popularity and success, box office-wise, I don't think has a lot to do with whether he, you know, it'll have to do with the cheers he gets coming out to the octagon from his fans, but nothing else. I'll tell you another advantage that he holds if he's put against a guy, um, not so much at his skill level, but maybe, um, you know, don't throw him in there against Michael Bisping, but you throw him in there against, you know, someone whose experience is 1-0 and and they kind of came through the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter house and they're already on the roster, um, is that CM Punk has the financial means to dedicate his life 24-7 to learning the art of mixed martial arts. And a lot of these guys getting started do not have that luxury. It's, I got to go to wrestling practice at 8 o'clock tonight, and then I got to wake up tomorrow and I got to go work 9 to 5. Or I'm able to train from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, and then I have to go to work. Where Punk can sit here and go, I'm going to be in every single class, every single day of the week, and you tell me when I need to rest. So yeah. he's got that going for him. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I wish him luck, and we'll, we'll see how it ends up. For the, uh, I think for the sake of 
both of them, it would be, and especially for you, I think it'd be exciting if he did win, and, and there's more for us to talk oh, about yeah. to see how good he can be. I mean, look, you can think of it this way, too. When you're in a fight, a punch can change everything. You can be the most talented person in the world. A punch to the face can change everything. And you know what? If he can take one, you can discourage your opponent by sitting there and going, I'm peppering this guy with shots, and he is still moving forward. Your, your strategy changes. You, you, you give that guy a lot more respect where, you know, the knock on Brock Lesnar was this guy's got all the skills in the world, but the second he gets punched in the face, that game plan just went out the window, and, and you now have the advantage. So, you know, we'll see. It's, it'll, be, uh, it'll be exciting. So they're saying, what, end, end of the year now? Yeah, the latest comment from him was late 2015, early 2016, is what his trainers are telling him now in May they think is the pace of things. So to me, that's far enough away where the trainers can save face and Punk can save face and say, I kind of tweaked my ankle in November, so we're going to put it off until, you know, <laughs> April or May, like, you know, how, how much does a can kick down the road? Well, they have a, a, a face-saving way to delay things, but keep it enough on the horizon that people don't just go, this is never going to happen, or this is way far away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Ronda Rousey, John. Uh, Stephanie McMahon told Chris Jericho that she wants her daughters to use Ronda Rousey as a role model, that, that she just loves Ronda Rousey. She loved doing her thing at WrestleMania with her. And Jericho had a great response. People get Jericho a hard time for being a pushover on the interview, um, and not asking tough questions. I thought Jericho find a, found a way to get a, like two, three, four times to say something that Stephanie probably didn't love that he brought up or pushed her on. And one of them was, and he didn't put it quite this way, but this is what I heard, <laughs> essentially. Okay. Well, if you love Ronda Rousey so much, why don't you have, with the full control that you have, why don't you have a diva who somewhat closely resembles somebody that you want your daughters to look up to? <laughs> exactly. Ronda Rousey. Like, yeah. why don't you just find somebody to be her? And I'm not saying Ronda's not spectacularly perfect for the role she plays but you can find somebody who isn't out there looking like her former profession was being a model you know and and they don't do Mm -hmm. that so i I love that point as someone who's been there and written for wrestlers and been in those meetings and creative meetings is there a way for uh for is there a way to make that happen i got to to find a ronda rousey style woman character within the context of wwe yeah, you know, I don't even think that, like, Rousey, I think Rousey's, um, I don't think she's the greatest personality. I think a lot of people like her because she is a little bit shy and reserved, and you can kind of tell she's nervous when she's doing an interview and standing there, you know, in front of a, a board and talking to um, uh, a host. Uh, when I was there, they had just, uh, Strike Force had just sold out an arena, and they had great numbers on CBS. For I think it was CBS, it might have been pay-per-view, but I know the numbers were great, whatever it was, either a pie rate or, or um, a rating. And it was Gina Carano versus Cyborg. And I remember one of the writers in there was like, man, I wish we could do that. And I go, we can. You just have to find the right person to do that. And then you have the ability, which WWE has knocked UFC for, of saying, we have the ability of fighting that person and booking them however we want to tell the exact story that we want to tell and get the outcome that we want, and UFC is not able to do that. Yet UFC has been able to probably create bigger stars and and bigger buy rates by what they're able to do just by saying, here's two people, let's see who the best is, and if it's not the guy we want it to be, uh, we'll see what happens. But... um. 
the, I don't think that it would be extremely hard to find the equivalent of Ronda Rousey in WWE. I think that uh, when I was there, there were totally charismatic. I mean, Michelle McCool was great. I mean, you have her flip from the heel character that she played and put that, if that translated, because you can't guarantee that it could translate to a baby face, but if you could translate that into a baby face, why can't she be the girl? Uh, Trish Stratus, God, that personality was huge. Why couldn't she have been the girl that you booked as Ronda Rousey? Um, yeah. There's probably a girl out there now. Um, I don't know who's in. Oh, you know who they got? They've got someone right now. Is um, Charlotte? Why can't yeah. Charlotte come up and play Ronda Rousey? Um, I don't know yeah. what she does outside of the wooing when she comes to the ring because I haven't seen a lot of NXT lately. But even at the time, you know, when I was there, I always thought we should have utilized uh, Eve's ability to, um, or the background she had in jiu-jitsu. Uh, Eve Torres is married to one of the um, Gracies, and I, I, God, I think she's even running um, the, uh, the classes for uh, jiu-jitsu for women. So, I yeah. mean... The, the ability that she has where she, someone like Eve, she has the look, she has the personality, and she's got the ability to do things in the ring to stand above the other girls, same as what Rousey has. You know, you don't want to bury the rest of your roster, but I feel like if you're not going to put a lot into the entire Divas division, why not just focus on that one girl? Why not have Eve yeah. come out? You know, this girl runs and does a clothesline. Well, she can grab that arm and do a flying arm bar, and, and, and the match is over within 10 seconds or 45 yep. seconds. I mean, that's the appeal. That's what you're going to need to do if you want to build a Ronda. Well, Ronda Rousey is just Ronda Rousey's Goldberg, you know, yes. somebody who's just plowing through people, and you don't know when it's going to stop, and you're along for the ride, and there's mm -hmm. credibility to the way she carries herself. Even though, you know, yeah, I mean, you're, there's limitations to her overall charisma, um, or her confidence on the microphone. Well, Goldberg wasn't great on the microphone. Far from it. But, you know, that didn't matter for a long time. And with Ron, it'll probably never matter. In times like these, the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issue section, exclusively available for PW Torch VIP members, has become perhaps more valuable than ever. So many people are looking back at old wrestling events, whether it's watching great matches and great events from the past on ESPN or Fox, or whether it's diving into a streaming service such as WWE Network or otherwise. The Pro Wrestling Torch Newsletter back issue section is a great companion. You can bring up the back issue from that date, covering that event contemporaneously, and read our coverage of the event and find out what we thought of it at the time. You can read about the build-up to the storylines. You can read about the file-out, our roundtable reviews, my match reports, my star ratings. So many of Pro Wrestling's biggest events, including all of WCW, WWF, WWE, and ECW events over the years, covered in the Pro Wrestling Torch Newsletter back issues, along with some great international events. So check out VIP membership and read about past events, our coverage of past events, along with Torch Talk interviews dating back to the late 1980s with some of Pro Wrestling's biggest names, and cover stories and behind-the-scenes details and hard-hitting editorials. The PW Torch back issue section is currently covering the Monday Nitro reboot with Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff getting a second chance. 
You can read about how that didn't go well pretty much right out of the gate on a week-by-week basis as we post new back issues from 20 years ago this week in both PDF and all-text format. Gain access to over 1,500 back issues as soon as you go VIP, dating back from the late 1980s through this past week. That's pwtorch.com slash govip to get details and sign up. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. You know what? Uh, I think even Eve and Hannah or Gracie went down to the Performance Center, and I don't know exactly what they do, uh, but I'm assuming they teach them some sort of, of uh, jiu-jitsu. Man, I would just say, look, Eve, we need you to come down here. Uh, we're going to put a six-month time frame on, on Charlotte. I, I, you need to teach her as much as you can in six months. She's not going to be uh, you know, a, a world champion in jiu-jitsu, but she can learn enough where Eve can say, I have the experience in jiu-jitsu. I have the experience in pro wrestling. Let me try to find some moves that can translate for both and have Charlotte come up and just play this girl that has the advantage over every other diva because she has jiu-jitsu, just as Rhonda has the advantage because her mom used to wake her up in the middle of the night when she was a kid, and she'd have to fight to get her in an arm bar. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's yep. come so natural to her, and she's got the judo background. Well, you promote Charlotte as having this jiu-jitsu background. She has an advantage over all these girls. Her dad used to wake her up at three in the morning when she was 10 years old and apply wrestling holds to her and say, get out of these. I mean, you have the same story already built in with her and, and have it be her. And I, I think they won't do it because maybe they just truly feel nobody will get behind that uh, because it's a, a, a female. I don't know, but I think they've been proven outside of WWE that it is possible that, that people are interested in this. So you got the girl. Why not? Why not? And, and, and you know what, Wade? With what they'll probably end up doing with Charlotte, the best case scenario, is it really not worth the risk to at least try this? Right. You know? Oh, I, exactly. I mean, you just, there's so little to lose, and it can elevate things. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have a woman wrestler come in and win by armbar in 20 seconds against everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, a, a, there's a way you can do this and have a Ronda Rousey-like character who's all business, she's sexy, but she's not trying super hard to be sexy, and she doesn't care all that much. She can wear makeup, but she's not afraid to go without makeup, and she's mm-hmm. all business. But have her go in there and actually work longer matches. But be kind of, you know, with Ronda, I just think of her ring entrance more than I, as much as I think about her, her winning matches with an armbar out of nowhere. I, I, just, I just think about the way she walks to the ring. She walks mm-hmm. to the ring with a, a level of seriousness that is reflective of somebody on an absolute determined mission to go and do something and get it done quickly. That counts for something. And that's, that's good. One other uh, USC-related question, John Jones, totally blowing what could be one of the most amazing <laughs> Hall of Fame MMA careers ever. Maybe he comes out of this because he's been in the headlines as a redemption story and makes a lot of more money than he would have otherwise. Who knows? But why doesn't WWE find a way to tell a similar story? I'm not saying have somebody actually do a hit and run, but the story of somebody <laughs> with all kinds of potential who just keeps screwing it up. Like, you know, the, the, you have to make it a wrestling equivalent, not a real-world equivalent of, you know, cocaine being busted for cocaine or something. But, like, have a storyline where somebody just doesn't show up at Raw for their mm-hmm. U.S. title match. And why? Well, he was out partying the night before. 
You know, that's a, that's a real-life sports story. There's athletes who have great rookie years. They get those paychecks, and then it's all about the clubbing afterwards, and they lose sight of their goal, and they have a bad. They end up going downhill, and it's a concern, and everybody's wondering what's going on with them. Is Vince McMahon just not receptive to that? Because to me, that's more compelling than, than everything being Ms. Dow and Ascension and Axel and the type of thing that they're doing with them as you know, retro gimmicks. So is it hard to get that to Vince? If, if you think that's even a good idea to say, why don't we have somebody here who's we're reflecting something a little more grounded in reality and not this kind of zany circus atmosphere? Maybe he thinks it won't translate. Uh, I don't know. Nothing like that has has ever really come up. Um, I think he's probably played on maybe some real life situations. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is maybe like a Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah, it wasn't really a redemption story, but almost like he turned his life around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a great idea. Why they haven't done it? Maybe they, maybe they feel like you know. Um, you promote to something and then you have to deliver it. I mean, maybe he feels that if you promote to uh, this new character, John Jones comes in and he's tearing it up and he wins a number one contendership match and then he no shows um, that I don't know. Maybe he'll think that, gosh, that takes away all the credibility of building up a guy because then people will think maybe he'll know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I guess it's, I'm sort yeah, of describing Shelton Benjamin's character in a way, because I always talked about he's the best athlete, but they never went far enough to say, well, maybe the story on him is why can't, you know, let's, let's build on the story of if he's this great athlete, why isn't he translating into wins? You know, well, the problem is they I talk think, openly, they talk openly on TV about, well, he's not entertaining enough, as if that should have yeah. back to do with whether somebody wins or loses. If you're a wrestling fan, you're a fan of a good story. And if you're looking for a good story, look no further than Stories of Your and Yours. I'm Sean Ennis, and on every episode of Stories of Your and Yours, I narrate a classic or listener-submitted short story, adding music and sound effects to bring the story new flavor. I featured authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Kurt Vonnegut, Ray Bradbury, Mark Twain, and many more. So don't wait any longer. Download Stories of Your, that's Y-O-R-E, and yours, that's Y-O-U-R-S, today. And if you want to hear clips and get more information, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at S-Y-Y Podcast. That's stories of your and yours, available wherever you get your podcasts. Exactly. And what I think is that if uh, in real, it's hard, it's hard, I think, for Vince to say, what would irritate him in real life would make for a good story. I think he'd rather take that real life frustration and as opposed to going, Shelton Benjamin has all the tools to be maybe the greatest performer inside this ring, except he is screwing it up for whatever reason. Um, and then you can, you can tell a story on that, but I think he'd rather go Shelton Benjamin is a disappointment and I need to embarrass him out there and tell the whole world that he's a disappointment because that's all he is to me now. All he is to me now is that I can rub it in his face. And unfortunately, that's, if that's the way somebody thinks, that's the way somebody thinks. Because, man, how many times have you seen them do that, Wade? You bring up a good yep. point where guys have been disappointments and they have to go out there. I think I just saw something on, like, um, Instagram where someone put up, like, uh, Vader just lost a match and, like, he, he's – right there ringside and Cole or somebody is saying, asking him a question. He goes, 
I used to be bad or something, but now I'm just a big piece of bleep. And it's almost like they'd rather, and, and that's fine. That's fine if he goes out there and cuts that promo. But then what was the follow? What was the redemption story to that? There wasn't anything. He just said, Vader is a fat piece of crap, and I want him to go out there and tell people he's a fat piece of crap because that's yeah. the way I feel about him. He needs to be shamed for it. Yeah. Or I, I think of Jim Ross talking about, you know, it wasn't really on air, but, you know, Big Show needs to watch his diet, you know, and code words for stop smoking those cigarettes. He needs to get better conditioning and eat better. Mm-hmm. And when he's in shape, you know, he, there, there's no limit to, uh, to what, what he could possibly accomplish. And, you know, Ross, you know, talked about, I guess, in the Ross report maybe at times, you know, I had a long talk with Big Show telling him he needs to get, you know, kind of the, the college football pep talk to the underachieving, you know, lineman type of mentality. We've seen it yeah. touched on, but I just haven't seen it really fleshed out in a successful storyline in, in the context of pro wrestling. And when I look at John Jones, we talk about Ronda Rousey translating. We talk about CM Punk switching. I just think there are things that, that can be transitioned with the proper adjustments and nuances to, for, between the two genres because the on-air presentation, there's differences, but there's some similarities that carry over in terms of tapping into the emotions of one person, not a team, but one person striving to accomplish something and running into roadblocks and being on a journey with them. And, and it just, yeah, I think USC sometimes should be a, a source for ideas and inspiration, but I just don't think Vince McMahon and Triple H are sitting around watching it and coming up with that idea. Oh, yeah, I mean, and I don't think that the writers, uh, I know that there was a couple of them still there when I was there, and we used to watch it together. So I know that they have some fans, but maybe they're not keeping that close to tabs on the situations because they're so busy. But um, what was I going to say regarding something you had just said? Uh, that uh the John Jones situation is, is, is overshadowing the actual match that's taking place, which is two guys fighting to win the title he was stripped of. So yeah. I think it goes to show that sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, the story is sometimes more entertaining than the actual match. And yeah. they should take advantage of that, and they should say, hey, you know, in, in say WWE right now, maybe they're sitting here going, man, Seth Rollins isn't catching on as, as champion. Man, Roman Reigns isn't catching on as the babyface. All right, well, why don't we try to tell a different story then? Why does it have to be essentially them just cutting bait? Like, why, why can't they just say, you know what, Roman's not clicking? Well, maybe Roman's not clicking because we're having him go out there and play this, you know, uh, cool guy and, and people aren't buying it. Well, what if we have people, we want, we want Roman Reigns, and people aren't buying into this, man, I'm so cool, and you guys should like me because I'm the cool guy on campus, and that's the way that it works. Maybe find something to give Roman Reigns that make people go, oh, whether it's I like him, or I can relate to him, or I want to get behind him because of this, um, that's more real. And maybe that would work. Uh, and I, I think they tried that with a documentary um, that they put on the air a week ago, Monday after Raw, on, on Roman. It looked like it was produced to be kind of his victory parade for WrestleMania. And the ending yeah. was different than I think they anticipated when they were filming him behind the scenes WrestleMania weekend. But you don't, the thing is, is you see these WWE Network productions and you get to know people in a way that you wouldn't have any, there's no depth to their character based on watching every minute of Ron Smackdown and the pay-per-views. And then you watch one behind-the-scenes special, and you go, well, go where is this guy? Because I'd cheer for this guy. I'd pay to see yes. this guy. Um, that, and, that's and that seems to be a struggle for WWE. Their, they, they almost keep, like talking with these actors, they almost keep those universes separate. They yeah. don't bleed that, 
that documentary into Monday Night Raw and have them address what happened. I didn't watch the documentary, but I have an idea probably of what they showed. Um, Whereas the other thing, too, is you can't lean too heavy on that documentary because, like you said, they have 4 million viewers every week. How, How many of those people watch the documentary? Not enough to make a difference in 4 million viewers. No, and that and that's why you you over the last eighteen months they should have been sprinkling what that documentary taught us about Roman Reigns in thirty eight yes. minutes on WWE Network. Sprinkle that into the programs. You got three hours and ten minutes a week to you know sprinkle some of that some of that in there. And you might think, well, we're worried about losing people in the minute by minutes. Well, sometimes you've got a larger purpose, and you know you got to have a product that people will stick around for, and so that you're not, you're not just turning the channel. Put the week in perspective and take your eyes off the screen with a paper copy subscription to the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, the newsletter that I launched over 30 years ago, and it continues, and you can be part of it with exclusive cover stories that I write on wrestling's top stories each week, plus exclusive columns from Bruce Mitchell, Greg Parks, John Radican, Alan Cunahan, and more. Our post-pay-per-view roundtables with the staff giving their analysis of the show and scores with different perspectives and different points of view. After all, WWE and AEW pay-per-views. Plus, the Torch Newswire will keep you up to date on Pro Wrestling's top stories and exclusive insider tidbits, Torch Talk interview transcripts, and much more. Look forward to visiting the mailbox once again. Go to pwtorch.com slash papercopy for details. That's pwtorch.com slash papercopy for details and sign-up information. Wait, that's what keeps people around for every 15 minutes is going, I agree. man, you really got me here. Oh, I want, I want to, wow, they're really digging in here. It's not Kane versus Roman Reigns for the 15th time. I mean, no. that, that doing the same thing over and over again is not going to get people to say, okay, I'm not going to change the channel. It's going to make them go, seen it, I'll come back in 10 minutes because I know this is a two-segment match. Yeah, or it's I'll check getting... back in five minutes. Yeah. Exactly. It's getting people involved in a journey where they get invested in a character in rooting for them to succeed or fail, but having a sense that what will happen in the next hour or two and the next week or two or on Sunday night will affect whether they succeed or fail at that journey. And, that, and, and that's, that's pro wrestling. It's, it's, it's getting people worked up. Obviously, you have to have the foundation of, of credible matches, credible titles, thrill of victory, agony of defeat, ramifications to outcomes and all that. But in the, in the end, people get hooked on stars that they care about. The NBA, people don't tune in because of the Washington Wizards or Randy Whitman. They tune in because, I, I think largely, there's this guy, Paul Pierce, who used to be on the Celtics. Now he's in a new environment. He's long in the tooth, but he's maybe going to make it to the conference finals with a whole new crew. Oh, yeah, and there's this John Wall guy who interests me, and he's a young guy who's learning from playing with Paul Pierce. Okay, I didn't talk about the Wizards organization and history as a whole organization. I talked about two players, a young guy, John Wall, and a veteran, Paul Pierce. That's the story of the Wizards that you hear on network television. And obviously you can pick out any team that's still in the playoffs in the NHL or NBA. It's, it's not always about the team. It's about what's inside of that. It's about personal journeys and personal achievements. You get, you're, you're into the Clippers because you're either into Blake Griffin or not. or you're into, It's like you pick out certain players, and they're the ones mm-hmm. who you root for largely. If you're a Laker fan, maybe you're blindly a Laker fan if you live in L.A., but outside of L.A., sometimes it has more to do with whether you like or don't like Kobe. So WWE, just get, tell a story of a journey and get us caring about a wrestler pro or con but make sure, and this is where Randy Orton, I think, has some limitations, and I've been talking about it this week on the VIP side of things, 
with the sagging ratings and Randy not really producing ratings, I think part of it is WWE has taught people that Randy is going to be Randy, what you see, absolutely no matter what, four months from now and eight months from now. There's going to be nothing different mm-hmm. about whether he's higher or lower on the card. He's not going to be the new breakout top star, and he's not going to be a lower card failure. He's just going to be Randy. And that makes his matches less important because he's not really on a journey. There's not really a mission that he's stated that he's on that we're either rooting for or against him on. Well, and there's no character development for him either. So the, the journey, yeah. there's no journey, and there's no, there's no reason to stay tuned to see how his character will develop. And I think it all comes down to, honestly, Wade, the, the people making the decisions, it comes down to two things. One, what entertains them, and if it's not that, then it's not going to happen. Or it's having an understanding of acknowledging that while this isn't maybe what I want, this is what entertains other people, and I will give that to them. But then you also run the risk of, you know, if you get a guy who's great at writing dramas, and you bring him in and you go, you're the new head writer of Seinfeld, um, dated reference, sorry, um, but uh, Big Bang Theory, you know, that's not his world. He's not going to be able to produce right. the content that someone who turns on Big Bang Theory or Seinfeld, it doesn't matter what show, um, it's, it's not going to translate. And I think that that's kind of the problem with what's happening at WWE is not only does this not entertain us, so we don't want to come up with the ideas, but we also don't understand how to give uh, that other side of the story because those documentaries are not produced by the creative team. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. You almost have to get someone in there like, uh, using Billy Corgan, right? Using Billy Corgan going, look, Dixie, I get it that this is what you think people may want, but this is what, you're not giving them, and I can add that to them. And, and while you may not be able to see it, I need to convince you that it will work. Give me the chance to convince you, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, but let's give it a shot, and then let's get the right people in here surrounding me that know how to do that. You keep getting these, these, the same people uh, in the room, you're going to get the same results, and, and I think it's like that with, with Vince is, this is what Vince likes. This is what Vince wants to do. And that's what he's going to do. And it, it, how long he's been promoting WWF to WWE, it's going to be hard to change that man's mind. Especially oh, now at, at 69. Clinging to 69, yes. I uh, have time for yeah. one call, John, before we uh, wrap up. We've gone really long. So if you've got to go, I yeah, totally understand. Yeah. Okay, let's, yeah, let's one more get one. Yeah, we got one call that's been on hold forever. Uh, 952, go ahead and uh, state your name and where you're calling from. Uh, this is Brian. It's uh, me from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Great. What, what have you got for us uh, to help us wrap up the show here? I just want to say great conversation between you two, and I really agreed with the whole sentiment of reality TV. And uh, it reminded me of a quote from Shawn Michaels from the uh, Mid-South Wrestling DVD where he had a match with Ted DiBiase as a jobber, and Ted structured the match, as he said, in such a way to give the fans that glimmer of hope. And in that moment, when he got the fan to go, oh, oh, and buy in for that split second, he got him. And that is mm. something I think WWE solely uh, doesn't recognize or really value anymore. And that is the most important mm-hmm. element in character building and just identifiability with someone you want to cheer and like in sports or 
any type of media. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yep. Yep. Good, good example. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. This show, the podcast, have our blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows have our red logo. Just search Wade Keller and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and click subscribe to the red logo, and you can download our Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and sometimes NXT post shows. I'm joined by a co-host to add a different perspective to the analysis for the show, where we talk to live callers, on-site correspondents who are in the building who tell us what did not air on TV, and we also answer mailbag questions. Those shows are available for download within a few hours after the shows end on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. So there's a fast turnaround to get your fix. So check it out. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller. You can also stream the show live at wadekellerpostshow.com about five minutes after the show's end on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. If you guys got time for it or you can just cut it off and talk it later. You guys are talking about CM Punk breaking that fourth wall with his pipe bomb promo and, and saying, you know, all those guys in the back are fake, but I'm the real, real wrestler. That was something I kind of saw a lot, like even in ECW with uh, Shane Douglas, and it kind of happened before then. Is there a difference in your guys' minds to the uh, scenarios other than just the time period with which those comments were made? Well, ECW in the 90s, pre-social media, really pre-internet, uh, I remember Taz during the uh, uh, controversy where ECW was trying to get on pay-per-view, and they had these competing, these competing approaches. One, they were telling the pay-per-view operator, they were kayfabing the, the cable operators. They, they wanted them to think that they were real. And they, did, and they wanted their fans to think something about them was more real, and they, had, they projected that image. But at the same time, they got in trouble for that because you know, one of the cable distributors canceled them because they involved a child in a skit, in a situation where a, a pre-adolescent, uh, Sandman's son, was involved in a dangerous situation. And they didn't get that. You know, if it's real and it's not scripted, why would somebody allow this to happen? And if it is real and it is scripted, that's still scary. They dropped them for that. Um, so, they tr- yes, ECW in a different time frame sold themselves, and that's where the stiff chair shots came from and the bleeding and all that and the going through tables. They sold themselves as, as the, the, it evolved into we're willing to sacrifice our bodies for your entertainment, but they didn't put it quite that way because that would have taken away some of the magic. And Shane, Shane Douglas's whole gimmick was I'm real, Ric Flair's not, but he did that because Paul Heyman didn't like Ric Flair, <laughs> and um, Shane was speaking as a vessel, in a way, for Paul Heyman at that point, and Shane Douglas could carry himself as a younger, better version. That was the sales pitch of him as the franchise of ECW, but I never heard Shane say, I'm real, and Flyboy Rocco Rock and Terry Funk are fake. My matches are real, theirs aren't. I didn't hear that, and so that's kind of what I'm getting at, but... Uh, it, Brian, clarif- add to or clarify your point, and then I'll throw it to John. I, I can, I, I, Shane Douglas might not be the best example, but even like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's promos, talking about the pushes they were were not getting, and just talking some of the back and saying, I'm the better man, but because of management and the people behind the scenes, and sometimes using Eric's name and so on and so forth, saying, I didn't get my chance, but the fans cheered for me. I'm, you guys are behind okay. me because I am the real deal but the guys over there would not allow me to do it. It just happened to be, I feel like CM Punk was doing it in the promotion and had okay from the people he was throwing the dirt on. 
Gotcha. No, no, good point. I, I think it's, it's fair to say, John, that if somebody wants to, and I think it, they, go to, they play this card too much, but you know, John Cena said on Monday, I think this U.S. championship means more than the world title now because I'm defending it against all deserving opponents and taking on all opponents, whereas Seth Rollins is being protected by the authority, and anybody who's a threat in that locker room might not get an opportunity if management, if Triple H and Stephanie think they might take the coveted belt away from Seth. It's a dangerous road to go down, but that's different than saying my matches are real and Seth's are fake. I think CM Punk said not my matches are real and the other matches are fake, but I think CM Punk said I'm real and everybody else here is scripted. That's, the, that's what resonated with people, but that's also what undercut what Seamus and Wade Barrett, and I mean, just you know, grabbing random names, but what they were trying to do is Punk wasn't saying my fighting or my match outcomes were real and you're all fake, but he was saying I'm an authentic person who's not just kissing up to management and selling out by doing what, quote, the writers tell me, playing into kind of the dumbed-down, black-and-white Internet, the perception of how the Internet looks at the writers. Yeah, I got so, nothing to add to that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm fine with saying management's holding me back and yeah. I'm not getting opportunities because I don't kiss ass. That's not showing anybody else up um, unless there's a side effect, John, which is you have another top baby face who, like a Randy Orton, who you're sort of implying then in today's context is a suck-up because he is in main events. And I could see Randy take, having issue with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're saying it in the context of a story, it's fine, but you can't, you can't say the authority, or not even the authority, the management in the back doesn't like me and doesn't want to see me succeed. Fine, and tell that story of him struggling to still get to the top uh, against, you know, if you, if you bring the authority into it, the authority. The problem is, is that doesn't really work because then you have Randy Orton, who is anti-authority and the number one target, I think, right now of the authority, if they've even established a number one target, um, yet he's still able to get himself in main event matches. And I would assume, you know, they've told the story, too, with these top baby faces, win the title. I mean, it's as simple as just going, you know, if, perfect example, Daniel Bryan was hurt, and they went out there and they said, look, you're hurt, give me the title, you're stripped. They could go out there and say, if they wanted to, they can go out there and say, John Cena, you just beat Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. You know what? This happened. Give it back to me. But they don't. They let him go out yeah. there. They let him defend it. At times, even, you'll have the authority back the baby face and say, well, hey, he did this. Maybe you're just not good enough to beat him. Right. You can't tell two different stories with the same narrative. You can't have Daniel Bryan go out there and say one thing and then actually have him not get opportunities and then have Randy Orton go out there and play the character of the guy that this is happening to, yet always finding himself in main events. Exactly. And in that, I mean, that's the heart of what is one of the big things I have a problem with with WWE is having heel authority figures who are out to protect guys, but then like a Seth Rollins in this case, but somehow they have to also put Seth in jeopardy and have some semblance of fair competition, and they don't really explicitly say, well, there's a board of directors and we have to go so far. It's just it's too, mu it's too muddy. It's too blurry what the real purpose of the authority is and what they gain from having Seth as the protected champion as opposed to somebody else. 
it's hard to explain. It's too convoluted. And that's where, as Derek said, the good thing about TNA is there's a governing body that doesn't have a dog in the fight other than they want to set up a structure where the best man wins. And when too much cheating goes on, they step in and create some rules or put somebody in a cage or suspend somebody, but otherwise stay out of it. And that is great, except how does Stephanie, how do Stephanie and Triple H remain TV stars if that's the approach you take? You know what I think? I think it comes down to when, when Vince was always trying to find the next Hulk Hogan, and he just knew Hulk Hogan. And so every guy that came along, well, he was trying to be, make literally make into the character and the person and the, the look of Hulk Hogan because he goes, this is what works, this is what people want. And, and it almost took something happening without him, I don't want to say trying, but almost behind his back and then going, oh, okay, this is working. I guess let's go with it. It's Steve Austin and, and going and, and having him be the top guy. And I think it's like that with the authority. It's going, okay, well, this is what people want because when we were at our peak, it was Vince yeah. McMahon versus Steve Austin. So yeah. this is what people want, and maybe, you know what, yeah, it's Triple H and Stephanie, love them to death, they're not me. John Cena, God, he's great. He's not Stone Cold. So we're still giving them what they want, but of course it's not going to be as good as the best until something comes along, and, and you could pitch him a different idea, but he might sit there and go, no, 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 you don't get it. This is what works. Didn't you watch the Attitude Era? This is what works. Something has to come along and, and almost develop in spite of what he's doing, which would be <laughs> hard to do in like a, a authority standpoint, but yeah. develop almost behind his back and have him go, oh, my God, wow, this just kind of surpassed what we were doing. I, I guess we should go with, um, you know, the – the fans being the the authority, I, something. You know what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely. I think that that's what it comes down to, and that's what it comes down to. You have to have back to the Billy thing, which comes down to going, is he the guy that the person in charge wants to listen to, and he, will he come in with a different perspective than Dixie Carter? And if he does and she wants to listen to him, you'll get away from – again, using an example, the anti-heel uh, authority. or uh, uh, I, I can't think of another example because I don't really know what TNA does. But yeah. that's how you're going to get away from it. problem is, is that everyone, and I've talked about it on your show, I became one of them where everyone eventually becomes what Vince wants you to become because you know whether it's in order to get something accomplished, you have to do it to please him. Or you just start going, wow, I didn't even realize I'm booking exactly like Vince McMahon books or Brian books. And, and it just happens. And I think that with Triple H, he might have some great ideas, but I'm pretty sure he still has that Vince McMahon philosophy behind him because that's, yeah. what, that's what he learned from. Well, yeah, I think when you – are hired to be on the WWE creative team, you're hired to be on a rowing team. And you don't last long yeah. if you're not rowing in sync. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. John, great discussion. Uh, time just flew by. Um, didn't expect to go this long today, but uh, a lot of good topics covered in, in good depth. I hope everybody who is uh, listening enjoyed our discussion. Always good to have you on the show, John, and look forward to next time. Okay, great. Uh, hopefully, I uh, can't wait to read the next bundle of jokes that the Patriots put out.
<laughs> all right. You had to sneak that in. Take that, Sean. All right. Uh, John, anything you want to plug uh, at all before we wrap up? No, but there's a possibility that coming uh, coming shortly there might be two different things that might be fun to uh, talk about, but we'll see. All right. Look forward to it. We'll, uh, right. we'll look forward to talking about it on this show. All right. Uh, thanks, Livecast listeners, for your support of what we do here. And uh, very much look forward to uh, Bruce and Travis tomorrow on the show. If you're not a VIP member, go VIP over at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. One of the great benefits that comes with a VIP membership is access to our unmatched library of Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. In the late 1980s and 1990s, before the internet, pro wrestling was documented in print newsletters, contemporaneously packing a week's worth of news and results and Q&A interviews with some of Pro Wrestling's biggest newsmakers in the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch weekly newsletter. When you become a VIP member, you instantly gain access on our PW Torch VIP website to a year-by-year listing of all 50-plus back issues from every year dating back to the late 1980s through today. And every week, we update the format of our 20 years ago back issues with PDF and all-text format that makes it easier to read on your phone or your tablet. And the latest 20 years ago back issue postings have been a fascinating time in the pro wrestling industry. Going back to the April 1st, 2000 issue, the cover story headline, Bischoff and Russo given a second chance. The opening line of the cover story, WCW needed a big shakeup because status quo was leading them downhill fast. Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo, two contributors to the problems WCW is having, have been brought back as a team to save WCW. And there's an in-depth cover story on that along with a lot of other news in that issue, including a feature column by Bruce Mitchell and my preview of WrestleMania. And then we marched through April. The next headline was WrestleMania 2000. Triple H retains the title. The next week, the cover story is on the relaunch of Nitro after WCW took a week off. Plus, a cover sidebar reports on ECW champion Mike Awesome's attempt to jump to WCW without dropping the ECW title first and part one of my Torch Talk interview with Lance Storm. And then the uh, April 22nd issue opens with a cover story on Nitro's crashing ratings after just two weeks of Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff in charge. Plus, a feature editorial that I wrote regarding Russo's booking style and my EndNotes editorial on the Russo-Hogan dynamic, plus coverage of WCW Spring Stampede and more. So when you go VIP, you get access to dive in-depth on those 20th anniversary issues or any era you want to read about, whether it's the mid-90s or just three, four, five years ago. So go VIP. Full details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. I know a lot of you are diving into WWE Network archives and watching old content on different streaming services. Well, there's no better companion when you do that than reading 
our coverage in the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter dating back to the late 1980s. Bring up our match report, our star ratings, our news coverage of that era, or just settle in and read fascinating interviews with some of Pro Wrestling's biggest names and their longest form interviews talking about the inner workings of the wrestling industry. Before there were podcasts with wrestlers hosting and talking about such things, the, the Torch Talk series was the only place you could go for long-form interviews with Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. In times like these, in times like these, I think you'll get more out of a PW Torch VIP membership than ever. So check it out. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. Harry's knows sometimes it's better to stay inside, and that's why they ship directly to you. So you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home. I love Harry's razors because of the fit and finish of the razor blade. For me, I don't like putting a cheap plastic blade or a heavy blade that's off balance up against my face when I'm shaving. Harry's has that perfect fit and finish, that balance and that sense of quality and that sense of safety along with a great shave. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special trial offer by going to harrys.com slash dailycast. That's harrys.com slash dailycast. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. Your choice. And you can feel good about your purchase. There's a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. And 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. So listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash dailycast. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So go to harrys.com slash dailycast to start shaving better today. That's harrys.com slash dailycast to get a free Harry's trial set. And I love the packaging it comes in, too. 